Hey, this is Chris with Cycle Source Magazine coming to you live from the Russ Brown Motorcycle Attorney Studio with episode 70 of Shop Talk. This week, Shop Talk has Drag Specialty's own Rob Bitos in the studio as co host. We track down Kevin Teach Bass, who has been invited to Lichter's What's the Skinny exhibit at the Buffalo Chip this year. Luke Leatherman joins us for some talk about M8 products and what they have coming up next. Chance Darling finishes off the show of Barnett's, and he comes across with the history of Barnett's and how he came up through the Camel Racing Series. It's going to be a great show, so grab something to drink and sit back. Remember, rate and review us, share us on social media, but most importantly, Shop Talk goes live every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, Scooter Tramps and Chopper Jockeys, it's 9 p.m. on the East Coast. That means it's time for another episode of Shop Talk. I'm Chris Cowell with Cycle Source Magazine, joined by my guest host tonight, Rocket Rob. What's up, baby? Hey, just hanging out, just hanging out. Had a little bit of time free on a schedule, and you said I need some help, so I tried to spring in action and get down here as quick as I could. Right on, man, right on. Me and Rob go back a long time doing this stuff when he used to bring me up to do his radio show, and... uh it's always a blast, dude. Like, even just sitting around talking with you before the show, there's so much to talk about. You're a great conversation. Everybody's going to dig this. I can't wait. I, I think we're going to have a great show with some uh, some interesting people. I, You know, we were speaking off the air a bit ago. You said uh, you try real hard to make sure that all the sponsors and all the advertisers and everybody get a little piece of the action and can come on. And yep. tonight I think we're going to fulfill some of those obligations absolutely absolutely so hey we are coming to you from the russ brown motorcycle attorney studio just to remind you guys russ brown brings you this show every week every thursday 9 p.m eastern standard time we do 90 to 120 minutes all the bullshit we can fit some news some guests um all the fun stuff that goes on in motorcycling but it doesn't happen without you guys we are multi-streaming to about seven different social media platforms and to keep an eye on that and bring us up to speed the lovely Heather Callen. Hiya. Can I just say how impressed that two weeks in a row we are pretty much on time? I know. That, I'm amazed. That means there's going to be a so huge amazed. train wreck. And I have to say this message real quick before we get any further. Barclay Smashy, happy 27th anniversary to his incredible wife, Lisa. Right on. So, so happy anniversary, guys. The, the key to this show, to let you guys know, is the fact that you guys share it. You uh, join the conversation, as you can see right off to the side here. We bring your uh, comments and, and concerns up on the screen, and we try to share as much of this with you and let you be part of the conversation rather than just an observer. So jump on. Make something happen. Nice. Jimmy so. Breen, first time watching live, always listen to the podcast. Great show, loving it already. Yeah, I should I should mention that, right? That it also goes out as two podcasts. Yeah. So for you podcast nuts, we got you covered, man. Hopefully 90 minutes from now, he still loves it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so Rob, tell me what's up in the world of drag specialties right now. I know you guys are getting ready to, uh, to wrap another catalog. We've been keeping an eye out for the old book bike, of course. <laughs> well, you know, those guys and gals, you know, that, that put the catalog out, you know, think about having a bind that many pages. You uh, of all the people would understand. That's how right? the old book kind of came about. The The fat book was getting so big, the bind wasn't going to be able to hold it. So they, they splintered it off. It goes from Evo back to shovel to, yeah, to uh, pan and knuckle and things like that. But what, what the crew are doing right now is they have these tours. Uh, they put together four or five different spawn, you know, vendors, I should say, whether it's an exhaust company, a tire company, seat, whatnot, and they yeah. go in, get small groups.
brand new, maybe uh, give them a way to, whether it's feature a product, maybe install it on the bike on the showroom and show people for comfort, for ergonomics, for performance, whatever. And then the last thing is to show them that, you know, if you come out to one of these shows, maybe you learn enough that, you know, you really start to step up your knowledge in this area and you become an expert. And that's, right you know, kind of the goal for anybody that's working in this to be an expert. So our man Ken, I should mention, is uh, is not sitting in his customary seat this week because he's out on the quail ride, right? Him him and his lovely wife are enjoying a, a motorcycle ride up the Pacific Coast Highway to the quail ride. And here we are, Blondie. Stuck in the studio. Well, the only thing about being stuck here today and yesterday, 85 yesterday, I know. I know. Western PA, Which Northeast is, Ohio, 75 amazing. today, so that's, summer's over. You can't bitch, can't <laughs> it, bitch it at is all. Ama- oh, yes, I can, because we're not on a motorcycle. Wow. And we're in the office on deadline. We could be on a motorcycle. I can gripe all I want. Well, let me just set it up. I mean, we have the umbrella drinks over here, the cabana set up. They don't know how posh the studio <laughs> is here, how Russ Brown I mean, folks, Don't Brown let her, don't let her cry, off. poor mouse. The margarita machine's fired up over in the corner. <laughs> it's like a water feature at most people's house, but it just pumps out margaritas, so don't, you know. I think I you're crying know. wolf. So listen, before we get to our uh, our guests this evening, which we have an incredible lineup, thanks to Rob, as a matter of fact, we have Kevin Bass Teach is coming on. He's going to talk about the uh, the skinny Michael Lichter's exhibit at the Buffalo Chip and Sturgis this year. Um, following him, we have Luke Leatherman from Fueling coming on. Luke was fired up. We were talking all day about him coming on the show, so he's got a lot to talk about. And Chance Darling ending off the show tonight with uh, with some pretty cool history, man. I didn't realize 70 years, 2018 marked 70 years for Barnett Clutches and Cables. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah, right? Great show. You know, Chance has done a lot of things, whether when he was at Corbin and those guys were doing everything from the cars and the beetle bags and everything to Barnett to when he was a pro flat track racer himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that guy carried a national number around for a while, so he's got a lot of things we could get into it with. Absolutely. I don't know him, but his name just makes me think he thinks he should be on a soap opera. Chance Darling. See, I was going. We like, have so many. How about Luke Leatherman? I mean, what kind right? of name is that, dude? These are these Luke are all guys. Leatherman, Chance Darling. These are all guys from from Total like a James TV Bond names, right? James Bond movie, right? Luke Leatherman. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, I tell him every time. I'm like, you have one of the toughest names he going does. out there. Yep. You better be able to fight. You know, I mean, you're Luke Leatherman. You know, you're like a yeah, that's, tool. that's almost superhero. It is. So, hey, listen, man, uh, Shop Talk, thank you for having us into your home. One of the things we do to kick off the show and uh, sometimes in the middle is a little thing we call the news. Okay, first up in the news, and I had to bring this up. It's kind of just like a fun news piece, but Instagram's changing plans this year or in the next month here. They're going to be running a test program where, get this, you're not going to be able to see how many people or which people in particular like a picture on Instagram. So if you follow Cycle Source Magazine and, you know, we put something up, you won't be able to tell whether your friends think it's stupid or not. I don't know if this really affects you, but it seems to be a hot topic issue, and the uh, social media airwaves have been going crazy about it. I'm going to go to my safe place if I don't know who's liking my stuff and making me feel complete. (laughs) You know, and we talked about this for a minute before the show, man. Like, what this really comes down to is this whole outcome-based bullshit where, like, you know, everybody, everybody needs to receive the same amount of likes, and, you know, it's just... 
So um, you can see up on the social media lines, Teach says, I'm here. What number do I need to call? We'll actually call you, man. We'll be calling in a couple minutes here. So um, you know my cell phone number. That's where it'll be coming from. We'll call you in just a couple minutes, and you're, you're all set, man. Um, so no more likes. No more. No. Well, you won't be able to see them. And I guess they're just doing this as. I need that to complete me. <laughs> For the love of Mike, what's going to happen if I don't know who like? Can they respond? Can they at least put? I think you can still comment. <laughs> okay, thank you. So yeah, if you think this is batshit crazy as much as we do, um, let's just move on to the next news. What's Why are they this? changing up things that work? I guess you know. You know I mean, it's the it's the constant need to to make things better and and more like probably somewhere they did a study where if you don't if you don't just see the amount of likes if people it forces them to engage and comment you know what i mean which like the actual commenting people don't understand that these social media companies have spent billions of dollars investigating how your mind works on the most heinous drugs that you enter into your system and then they duplicate that actual response, yeah, it's the dopamine, man. So, like, getting getting you to comment, it's actually it's better for the dopamine release, and you know, crazy, just crazy. So, if it's your post, you will be able to see who likes it and how many likes you get. Other people so will be not fulfilled. be able to. <laughs> so basically, you. they don't want it. They want people to be engaged because of the content, not because of the popularity contest. Whatever. Right. You know, Aren't there the people day. that make their living being these influencers on these social media things? Well, right. So does that basically eliminate their jobs? Pretty much, because they will be the only ones that can see how many people like that post. And I wouldn't feel too so bad. So they want you to like something. I'm just going to tell Big Paul Bunyan stories to everybody. If I could see <laughs> me putting up something about two hours later, oh, my God, I'm already at 250,000 views and likes. People, stop, you know. So uh, Ashley Woodford said it'll be a bit harder for those of us looking for sponsorship. Sponsors look at likes. Well, you can still, you'll still be able to do your reports to show your sponsors what your what your interaction and stuff is. And I so. believe it's only a week long test, which I think is going to fail epically. So it will really only be a week long. I think we've spent entirely too much time on it already. So <laughs> yeah, we should get teach on it. Now let's keep going. There's more stuff. Ooh, look at that coming up next. Yeah, how about this? So Royal Enfield, man, and this is going to be something everybody's talking about so royal enfield this coming in from the business journal out of milwaukee is set to roll out a pair of muscular motorcycle models in the u.s in milwaukee they're going to come out with two motorcycles the 650 interceptor and the continental gt 650 in north america this year now you know what does this mean it wasn't that long ago that royal enfield buckled under the pressure of what the yanks want and they actually put an electric starter on their motorcycles but here embedded in the middle of this article you can see the impact they're going to start under six thousand dollars and buddy i gotta tell you that spells trouble for both of the other American manufacturers. When you think about the work everyone's doing for entry-level motorcycles, this this becomes a real option. You know, they start putting piggyback reservoir shocks, classic styling, disc brakes. They have a couple different looks, nice finishes on them. I've seen them. We have a couple Royal Enfield dealers over in northeast Ohio where I live. They're doing incredibly well with just the 500 singles. Wait till they get a hold of this thing. With the twin cylinder 650 and the piggyback reservoir shocks, I think you're going to start seeing these things at just about everywhere you go. How could you not to? The price is so right. Oh, and you know, one of the things that Heather and I talked about immediately on reading this was 
really, if we were going to get a bike for Amelia, other than a, a used motorcycle that we docked her up for, if we were looking to buy a new bike, this thing comes with a three-year warranty with complete roadside assistance. You know, this is this is a legitimate motorcycle to think about for her. Oh, she actually, we were t- she and I were talking about it last week. She said if she, when she starts riding, she wants a Triumph Bobber. Yeah, is which is what her go to choices, which is really surprising. I might have mentioned it the last time. Twenty percent of the riding public's now made up of women. Yep. So yeah. you're going to start seeing not only different styles of bikes because I think gals can ride literally anything, anything. they want, but this thing's going to be when they go in and start looking at. Yep. I bet people are going to sell this based on, hey, it's going to cost you sixty four dollars a month. Right. You're like, what? Sixty four bucks a month. Yeah, like, um, I'll yeah, take two compared of those. to like the base model Harley, which is what one twenty nine a month or something yeah. like that, one eighty a month, I think. Yeah, I mean the Sportster when it was it. They, I mean the craziest thing ever when Chris and I actually first met, they were still doing. Buy a Sportster, ride it for a little tiny bit, bring it back in on a soft tail or something. Yeah. It will give you all the money back. And the they tried whole, to do that again. Yeah. And I don't know if it, it definitely didn't catch on the, the way it did the back price then. Point, the price point was was way higher. I mean, those were when the Huggers first came out. And it was, you know, it was it was a whole different world then. Well, it, I remember the bikes. It had a solo seat, no back pegs, little buckhorn bars, and just a speedometer. 2.2-gallon tank, four-speed, chain drive. I mean, it was a pretty raw bones motorcycle, and if you wanted to ride somebody, you bought a seat and pegs. If you wanted a backrest, I mean, you build it yourself. Maybe you could build it in a couple of weeks because you had some extra money, or maybe it took you a few years. But yeah. you were riding the whole time. Yep. You know, and it just—I don't know how they got up to eleven thousand dollars for a Sportster, dude. And that's what when we talk about outreach and going to this next generation. Can you imagine at twenty something carrying alone for between eleven and? You know, twelve thousand dollars carrying that paper. You know, that's a that's a tough proposition. Well, I mean, it's harder and harder. And I, I the guys at Royal Enfield certainly found a way to figure it out. So uh, Darren McKeg has been on quite a bit talking about the stuff with with Instagram, and he's you know he's talking about ninety eight percent of his business being uh, is is Instagram Instagram responsible. You know, so this if if this does go bad, it's going to impact a lot of people, man. Oh, absolutely. And this is this is the danger, and I hate to be this guy and bring shit like this up on the show, but this is this is the kind of danger, man. Of like these guys have created super monopolies with the traffic and the of this kind of information, and the fact that it can have that much of an impact on real business. You know, so. I'm not going to say the words, you know, government oversight or any <laughs> shit like that, but you know, it's it's dangerous and, and stupid at the same time because we said like, who cares? <laughs> well, it's it's just something you you have something that people go to whether it's whatever social media outlook there is, and you're looking at okay, how's you put something up, how's it doing, <laughs> or you see something that's doing well, you check into it, what it is. Mm-hmm. If yep. it's just going to be randomness after randomness with no real indicators as to what's going on you just keep scrolling yeah, you're and gonna move on trust me your time spent on it's going to be greatly decreased as you walk away and go do something absolutely. hopefully ride your motorcycle right yep, absolutely real quick before we move on i want to welcome gustav ds he's tuning in from brazil i saw that live welcome brazil, brazil. Right now. what's so up that's man? pretty awesome bob long from youtube love love saying what's up and giving a shout out to the youtube guys that come in there was something else I was going to 
<laughs> See, I knocked you off track. And I'll take that opportunity to tell you guys that we're going to uh, go to our, our first guest of the evening. This man's been a longtime supporter of the magazine, a, a true, true brother to me, and we're happy to have Kevin Bass on. Teach, what's up, man? Hey, brother, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. You're live on the air and shop talk. All right, cool, cool. Always happy to be here. So it seems like forever <laughs> since we've actually hung out together. But man, I'm watching your stuff all the time. It was just what last week that you got a a special award for the work that you're doing. You're still getting awards for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. I tell you what, even it's been like this. Been over like 15 years. Of just some little punk ass school teacher with an idea and a dream, and it's to see that it's still going on is amazing to me. But you know what? It comes down to his brothers like you, you know, the source and 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 all the people in the industry, you know, Bert Baker and the S and S crew, and you know everybody that's supported me. It's like I, I still pinch myself. Like I can't believe it's been like over fifteen years and I'm still doing this shit, and it's it's crazy. You know, I mean, it, it's just crazy. I don't have any way to put it in words. Well, dude, I'll tell you what, like the, the passion that you show and the, uh, the, the stuff that you're doing for the future of not, of not just these kids. Cause I've watched, I've watched a, a couple generations of these kids come through your classes now and I've seen the impact that you've had on it. But like for our country, for, for setting us up where we still have the ability to make things and do things and figure things out, like it goes so much further than just, you know, that, that classroom where you're at. Right, right. You know it, man, and that's what that's what I love about you know all you that have put the time in and give me give me a chance. You know, what I mean, because there's a lot of scam artists, a lot of bullshitters, a lot of people that that you know they say they're working for a good cause, but they're just taking stuff and putting it in their pocket. And you know what I love about what I've done with the class is that you know I've been out there and I've met y'all and I've I've been to all the rallies and you've seen the work the kids have done and even with you, Chris, man, like you and Heather. And, Led Sled and the boys, you've come in and, like, met my kids in the classroom and talked to them. And you see that it's no BS. You know, this is this is a real deal thing, man. We're Absolutely. Helping, we're helping people. And, and it's uh, it, it warms my heart. You know, it's like I love doing it. So it's 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 not like I, I'm not I'm not working hard for what I'm doing because I love what I do. You know, you mentioned my name is Rob Bytus, by the way. Nice to meet you. I've, I've followed your work as well. And uh I know the influence you have on kind of the modern youth and what you've been able to do. You mentioned 15 years. Has has the the kids in the last 15 years changed all that much, or is it still kind of the same core group of kids that find you themselves know, digging the mechanical side? Yeah, I'll be honest, man. Like, like technology's advanced a great deal in 15 years, totally. Like, everybody's got a cell phone in their hands. Everybody's, you know, it's all it's a Google nation. But my class and the way it's run, these kids know they got to put down their phone, pick up a wrench, learn how to use a lathe and a mill and make parts for these bikes that we're building. And it's such a cool, it's a, such a cool feeling because we really haven't changed, man. We're, we're the same. It's the same little shop class from 15 years ago that it was, you know, and, and the only difference is, is just the way everybody else around us has changed. We really haven't changed. We're just trying to like build what we love and, we, we haven't jumped into the trends, you know, like we've never done big tire baggers and stuff. You know, Chris knows me, man. Like, I, I rode every big mountain run the first three years on a knucklehead yep. from, from Minnesota. It's like, and that's man, no I, joke. I, 
No, it's no joke. And I, I wasn't doing it to try to, you know, like jump on a bandwagon or be a hipster. I, that was my love. I mean, I, that's the bikes I rode. That's the bikes I built. And I didn't even, there was even not even a word hipster back then. It was just, we did it because we loved it. And that's what I'm relaying to my students, you know, like, don't, don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to put on a vest that you just bought yesterday and put some grease on it and say you're an old biker now. <laughs> You got to earn that shit, you know? I mean, it, nope. this, this whole world is based on credibility. And I'll be honest, man, credibility has been shit in the motorcycle scene because there's so many people. You don't know who's been riding or not. There's so many guys that, you know, yesterday they were clean shaven and had a rockabilly haircut. And today they got a beard down to their knees and a greasy old vest, and you know, but they still don't know how to work on an old bike, so... No. For, for me, it's stay true to your, true to your, what you're really about, man. Don't change for nobody or nothing. Do what you love, and it's gonna find a passion. That's why, like, what I'm doing lasted 15 years because I, I'm not, you know, you guys know me. I don't bullshit nobody. I do what I love, but I'm not trying to change for nobody. And I keep doing what I do. And if, if everybody else says they don't like what I do, then piss on them. I'm gonna keep doing it. And sayonara. But I, you know, and and the kids, the kids benefit because they learn real world skills. And to be true to yourself, don't don't sell out. You know, that's that's I guess that's the bottom line. Just a little bit ago, I had made a mention that we we've seen that women have really started to come into the motorcycle community. Their makeup now roughly what they consider twenty percent. Have you seen any of the girls start to make that transition into the mechanical oh, side, or any of them in your oh, class? Yeah, absolutely, and it's amazing. Like, I love having women in my classes. They they're always the best students. I mean, you know, there's very few of them, but they're always awesome. They're very meticulous. They're, they they love to, like, show what they can do. You know, it's almost like a challenge for them. Like, you know what? People think we can't. Let's show them what we can do. And I tell my girls, like, it's not about how big your bicep is, man. You know, what I do with kids, you don't have to be the strongest, biggest, badass person in the classroom. It's about how big your heart is and how big your mind is for what you want to accomplish, you know. And so girls have an equal playing field in my in my world. There's no there's no guys above girls or girls above it's equal, man. It's all about, do you want to prove yourself, work hard, put in the time, improve yourself, and you're going to be the one that comes out on top, you know, and that's what I love about it nowadays. Absolutely. So, hey, man, um, not to get off of, the, of this part of this, because your your story is so great. We could talk, every time you come on, we could talk for a half hour just about this, the work that you do with the kids. But you, like me, got started in this whole path because of your passion for motorcycles and that, like you said, the bikes that you build and you ride what you build. And, and this brings us to you being invited to Michael Lichter's show, The Skinny, this year. What, yeah. what are you bringing, man? Tell, tell me a little bit about what Kevin Bass is bringing to The Skinny. <laughs> well, you know me. I mean, anything I bring to a show is pre-1947, you know, or something like that, you know. <laughs> It just it's just my love. I just electric start bikes aren't my gig and all that stuff. I mean, I like I like showing these kids like pre-war bikes and old stuff because I want them to learn the history. Like you know what you know, like the Harleys and the Davidsons might have touched this motor, you know. So this year I got a 1938 ULH, which is pretty badass, you know. I mean, so for those of you listening and don't know much about you know motors and years and what they are but a, a 38 to pre-war motor this is a ulh so it's an 80 inch flathead motor you know oh, if buddy. it's a u if it's a u it's a 74 inch or a ul 74 inch but anything with the h on to high compression you, you got an 80 inch factory 
flathead, basically a big old tractor side valve motor. Two wheel tractor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love them. I love them. They, they can run with broken cases. These things are awesome. But most people know like the little forty five inch, you know, the, the Army War eras, you know, the U, the WLs and WLAs. But this is this is a big ass. I mean, you look at this motor; it's just it's, it's a piece of art, you know, for for an old tractor flathead motor side valve. Yeah. So anyway, it's a nineteen thirty eight. ULH 80 inch. We're, we got a, a magneto on it, and we're putting in a frame that a good friend of mine, Rick Bray from RKB Speed, made for us. And how how that frame came about is is we picked up uh, an actual original. This is this is not a repop, not remade, but this is one of his original John Harmon Spurger front wow. end. So you know, you, yeah, Chris, you know, man, that's yeah. like you know, that's gold. That's gold, baby. <laughs> So I got this front end, man, and it was like I gave the specs to Rick, and he built us this badass frame to, to match it and sit real nice and long and skinny. And I've actually been sitting on this whole setup for a couple of years, just waiting. You know, every bike I build, you know, like I, I got a bunch of them in the works, but it's like, you know, I just I need the right motivation to really get sparked to, to get one done you know i mean yeah heather will tell you that 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 for me that michael michael can motivate me like nobody's business man and i mean especially i think that that show has reached the goal i mean it absolutely like if if there's nothing else that i do in sturgis in a year it's to make sure that i get through that room to see what's going on and to see what people brought to the plate Right. It's no bullshit, man. It's, it's just like, wow. You just, like you say, to, just to get through the whole room and look at everybody's bike, it takes a day. You know, it takes two yeah. days because like, they're amazing machines. And I, I, you know, I just feel like I pinch myself, like, how the hell am I even in that mix? You know, I'm just a school teacher, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, right on, man. Listen, tell everybody where they can uh, keep track with all of the rest of the stuff you do, what you're doing with the kids, and tell everybody how to how to follow yeah. teach. So we got a Lakeville, uh, Lakeville North Chopper Class Instagram. It's LNH, LNHS Chopper Class. At, you know, you just look that up, you'll find our Chopper Class. I got my kids running it now, you know, so it's we're at that point now. Like, like even with you, Chris, man, I know we, we wrote for you for years, and, and I kind of dropped the ball on that. I got some really good kids now that are running, like, the Instagram and the social media, and I'd love to have them work with you guys again and start writing Oh, absolutely. Any, sure. Anytime you're ready, Kevin. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean – I, I just, I got so many irons in the fire moving schools, and I, I, we hired a second teacher, so this is good news. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, so I got hired by Lakeville North last year, first year there, and everything I did last year it made such an impact that we doubled enrollment, so we're hiring a new guy wow. next year. I'll have two dudes with me, so that's awesome, you know, and it's like things are going in the right direction. I just, I'm so busy. I feel I feel bad because I feel like I'm I'm letting down all my old brothers and the people that I used to scooter tramp with because I just don't have time to do it anymore. But I still <laughs> love y'all, and my heart's still there. I just I don't have the time to do it. You know, I got three boys in sports, and so my yeah. wife and I are busy just being being good parents. You know, and, and it's 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 not that we we, we left y'all and, and we don't care. We love y'all. We love it. We just we don't have time right now. But eventually, when our kids are out of the house, we're gonna get back to where. You're going to see me riding Knuckles at the BMR again, and Amy's going to be riding her knuckle right next to me right there at the BMR. It's going to be good times, you know. It's right just, on. Times are just crazy right now. You know, you know, life evolves, and you got you got to work with what you got to do. And you know, my my goal has always been family first. You know, everything I do with motorcycles was to help myself be a good dad and a father and get my family to a good property. 
and it's worked, you know, and it has. And, and I just, I miss a lot of my brothers that I was partying with along the way. But I know we're going to reconnect when, when things smooth out, and yeah. it's going to be better than ever. You know, like Drake Specialties, man. I mean, I appreciate Drake Specialties. We built that bike for the old book, you know. That yeah, was, there was that, that was, uh, flat gray uh, panhead, wasn't it? No, we did the, the, it was like a cobalt blue. Oh, oh wait, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Big old tall, like 16-inch apes on it. And I know old, Tom yeah. Motzko loves what you do with stuff. So Yeah, I'm... yeah. He was great about that, man. Like, actually, we built that bike. That was the first time you guys had the old book come out. So we were the first covered bike for it. And Tom came out, and we met. And, man, he came and saw my class. And it was cool because, you know, it was like, there's another piece of history. Like, we knew that catalog was going worldwide. And the yeah, people like, open that cover and see like hey this was built by high school kids and the pictures of my kids working on the bike it was just man that just you know makes a guy's soul smile you know and Absolutely. i appreciate all, all your support everybody man it's I, I can't say enough about i couldn't do what i'm doing without you guys giving a shit about it because if you didn't care about what i was doing i'd still do it and i wouldn't have many <laughs> friends but 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 the fact is that you guys care and you guys spread the word for me. Like I wouldn't be on this show right now if you guys didn't care. You know, you're you're having me on to, to tell this story, and that's what keeps it going. Every year, when somebody can give me a little exposure to talk about what I do with the kids, it keeps it alive. When, when this stops, it's gonna die. You know, that's all I gotta say. Now that's one of the things about Tom. He's always looking for the innovators out there. And I mean, I've heard, like I said, I've heard your name for many many years, and and new. I had never met you, and I still haven't in person, but I, I've known of your work, and I think that speaks volumes about what you're doing and how you're affecting, you know, this generation of the motorcycle industry. So thank you very much, and we couldn't be prouder to be partnered up with you on things. Oh, well, thank you, man. Hey, keep me in the loop. If you ever need another one built, man, my new class at Lakeville, we keep <laughs> We'd be more than happy to help you guys out and build something. I'll let I'll let Tom know. Tom heads that up, and uh, he he's constantly on the lookout. So I'll make sure I'll let him know that the teach is ready to go. Yeah, brother. Thank you. No right, teach, man. Listen, thank you so much for taking some time with us tonight, and I'll look forward to uh, send yeah. us some progress pictures of how that thing's coming along. We'll pass absolutely, them on. Absolutely, absolutely. And hey, Heather, Amy says hi. Hi. Uh, Hold on a second. Say hi, Amy. Hi. Hi, Amy. <laughs> and uh, Brutus and Max say hi to Nugget. <laughs> we have to get back up there. They Absolutely. have the most beautiful spot. Bass Acres yeah. is amazing. Right yeah, on, man. I love you guys. Thanks for having us on. Okay, buddy. Later on. Be good. All right. I do. One what of the, guy, huh? Oh, one of oh. the best human beings in the world. So really good. is. And his wife, his <laughs> wife is honestly the soul of the earth. She's she's amazing. Yeah. Like the metal craft, the metal work she does, yeah. and how she runs that bass metal craft and little fish designs. She's outstanding, and she yeah. again, good human being, beautiful place. They have like chickens and ducks and geese, <laughs> and they have like a peacock. They have a legit <laughs> peacock. It is the coolest yeah, it's, thing. It's paradise. Man. I just want one of those feathers. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I love their place. So, hey, man, uh, coming up next, we're going to reach out to our second guest, which is Luke Leatherman from Fueling. But before we do, we're going to take a short break and do some business for the show and uh, check out some cool product from Dennis Kirk. Hey, what's up, guys? Dylan here with Dennis Kirk. And on today's episode, we have some big news coming up. Have you ever wanted your bike on a web page or possibly featured in a magazine? 
or just a chance to show off your stuff and along the way win some sick prizes. Well, Dennis Kirk is giving you your chance to achieve your dream. This is Garage Bill. Garage Build is about showing off your stuff. We want you guys to post your photos, your videos, and your story and explain to us what it took to customize your ride. It's super easy. Just go to our website, garagebuild.com. This is where you'll be able to post, share, and vote on other rides. Now, while you're there, check out what others are doing with their rides and show off what you're doing with yours. The selected winners will then go on to be critiqued by our celebrity judges. The staff from Garage Build Magazine will be the judges. They will pick the bikes they think are best in class. Now, everyone that posts a build on the website will receive a free Garage Build hat and a chance to win one of two $250 Dennis Kirk gift cards. So go all out. We want you guys to have fun, be creative, and remember this is your chance. Your bike could be featured from Garage Build Magazine. If you do not have a bike but still wish to participate, go to view the builds. The proud owners of these great projects want you to let them know what you think. Rate and comment, that is your job. Influence the judges with your own opinion. Share the builds with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social media sites. Be sure to submit your email address to be entered to win the drawing for a $100 Dennis Kirk gift card. You will not have to submit a ride in order to win the $100 Dennis Kirk gift card drawing. Now just remember, this is your chance. So go above and beyond and get some awesome prizes. And you might just be the winner of a $250 Dennis Kirk gift card and see your bike featured from Garage Build Magazine. Now the link to the website will be posted below in the description. I'm Dylan with Dennis Kirk. Thanks for watching. Good luck. We'll see you guys next time. From Luke Leatherman, you're live on Shop Talk. Oh. We're we're almost live. Are you there? No audio from Luke. Oh. No. Has to be technical difficulty. One second. One second we're dialing that in. Hmm. We're good. We're good on this side. It's a mic setting. So tell me for a second while he's getting his mic hooked up. All right. How long have you known Luke? I've known Luke, oh, man, it's got to be 15 or 20 years. And, you know, just through through the drag specialties thing, you know, you start seeing this guy showing up at different events. And regardless of what the event was, he was always digging something out of his uh bag to show you the next brand new thing that fueling had coming out and you know so many things that he's been involved with as long as i've known him he's, he's truly an innovator and right now with the m8 uh being the motor of choice for the v-twin world he's addressed a number of the issues that have come up with it and come up with solutions and performance and horsepower and he's just doing a lot of good things i can't wait to get him on the show and find out what he has up his sleeve because you know, he invented something that took care of the foaming issue in the M8 with just changing the, uh, basically the dipstick in it. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that he's addressed and many, many more. So let's see if we can't get him on to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. He scared me. He got a tank behind him. Like he got <laughs> incoming, you know? <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on Guys it. waging war on everybody that's not down with the fueling. So, you know. So, um, while, while Luke is getting that He's microphone. Getting... 
Are we there? I think so. Say something, Luke. That's nope. not it. But okay. he, he does look sweet. I can't wait to get him on here because he looks awesome. So let's take a look at social media for a minute until we get that mic up. Um, Cheryl, Cheryl O'Brien, those first big mountain runs where the local kids gather around the teaching a handful of builders, telling the kids to follow their dreams, great memories. First big mountain runs were sick, sick off the hook. It was it was like the best memories that I have from all of the time of the magazine. That was the absolute shit. So anybody that got to do that, there's since we've decided to move locations again, there's there's a slight chance that we might be back in the Smoky Mountains. We'll see how that goes. Excuse me. So let's try this. Should we switch to a a call in? Well, I can do Luke? I can do call with his picture. How about oh, that? Oh, well, there we go. Let me try that. Let's see. I can do this. I can multitask. You are very talented. <laughs> like he's juggling and doing a Rubik's cube at the same time. He thrives. He thrives. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. The voice when you click the little. They're calling me right now. Oh. Now we hear him. I just heard him. Hey, you there, man? Am I live or? I don't know. I'm on the phone. Yeah, you're live. I think now we're hearing you in both. Or do you have your computer on with the show? Yeah, I got the the computer on with the show or my phone's on. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Now we can? Yeah, I guess I'm here. I can't hear you guys. There you go. He can't hear us, unfortunately. No. We're saying awesome things. You ought to hear what we're saying. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, listen, keep, keep, the com- keep the computer on, but turn the audio of the computer off, and we'll just do the phone thing. This is Luke. Please leave a message. <laughs> Yo. Okay, let's do the audio just through the phone. So if you can turn the audio of the computer off, we'll be good. All right, can you hear me through the phone only? Yes, sir. You're good. You're on. Okay. You're on. Yeah. Sorry about that, buddy. I don't know what's okay. going on there. Well, technical difficulties over here. Right. Opportunities for solutions. That's all it is. We're sitting here looking at your backdrop. You're storming the beaches down there. You're ready to go. I was uh, so excited when you agreed to do this, folks. Like, you know, Chris and I often talk about being friends, and Luke and I go back a long times, and you're always trying to find a way to get Luke included, because when you do, you have a much better time when he's there. So right. thanks for joining it, us there, and uh, I know okay. that uh, you've been around the scene for quite a while, and, and Chris was like, you know, we were going to kick it off. We were going W3. We're going back into the beginning. Tell us the Luke Leatherman story. How do you get such a cool name? How did that happen, first of all? <laughs> did you change it in, like, second grade or something, you know? I don't know. I, I know I had coaches when I was in, uh, uh, like, Little League and football and stuff, and they used to, you know, the adventures of Leatherman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right I can't wait to introduce him somewhere. The Adventures of Leatherman. He's a new Marvel superhero. Dude, that uh, is, listen, like. The Rob, end game, you know? Like, I'm not going to tell you the finishing, but he might be a new guy in it. Like like Rob said uh, earlier, he said, man, you got you to gotta be tough. You got to be tough to have a, a name like that because, you know, you're, you're either, you're either going to walk it and talk it or, or you're going to have to fight a oh, lot. Luke's <laughs> Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal. He could run that name. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. Yes, I, I do know we go back with Cycle Source, you know, sometime. I know we got hooked up kind of in the beginning of, of time there. Absolutely. I know we helped out with a helped out with a couple of engine builds early on and i know you guys have you know represented us since and uh you know things are good no man it's been awesome for for us having uh having partners like fueling is amazing because when you're when you're dealing with things and you know as a as a mechanic is just a wrench you try to learn things as fast as you can but these guys zero in on it like with lasers man and they know right off the bat like i know already you guys are you guys are dogging it for m8 stuff you're going to have that thing mapped out and know exactly what needs done where the strong points are the weak points you're going to know what's up so having the ability to turn to somebody with knowledge like that is completely invaluable in our position well, one thing nice, as far as the Milwaukee 8 goes with Harley, it kind of fell into our wheelhouse, uh, four-valve heads, um, you know, kind of runs pretty deep with the fueling name. Uh, there was a lot of work done uh, with General Motors early on in the four-valve stuff, and some guys out there may recall a four-valve uh, Evo cylinder head. And yeah. you got a single cam with, uh, you know, four-valve heads, you know, you know pushrod engine, and, you know, fortunately, you know, we know the quirks with that engine and, you know, the issues associated with the rocker arm and the lifters and so forth. So it kind of fell into our wheelhouse. And, you know, we were able to capitalize on that, you know, I think early on and come up with some pretty good products. Right on. You know, we've been talking about some of the products that, uh, you know, that fueling has for the M8. But we have to go back to the beginning and talk about one of the most impressive uh, feats of mechanical ingenuity I ever seen when you guys debuted the W3. I see you guys still have one on your catalog for a mere $250,000. Do you have financing for that? <laughs> yeah, funny. Dead president. Come on, Rob. But tell us the story about that. Where do you go, hey, we'd like to make some power. Let's just add another whole cylinder to it. Well, the story goes back... Uh, Jim Fueling, that's where the, the name comes from, he had Ford Motor Company in the building, and Fueling was responsible for uh, the modular aspect of the Ford engines, the four-cylinder, the six-cylinder, the eight-cylinder, the ten-cylinder, where, you know, the components, for the most part, you know, were all interchangeable, like the valves and the connecting rods, stuff like that. And in the building at the same time was Harley-Davidson. Uh, they actually came to Jim uh, to work on the twin cam engine. The chief of engineering at the time was uh, familiar with Jim because they worked together um, with some General Motor products um, or projects years ago or, you know, previously. And uh, Jim fixed the uh, some of the issues with the twin cam engine, and that led to quite a few different engine programs. And, um, you know, one of which it was a three-valve cylinder head, which, you know, we're really surprised that Harley came out with this four-valve because uh, we felt the three-valve was much more efficient and, you know, easier and so forth. But so the, the kind of the concept came from modularity. It was, uh, you know, instead of having to beat the heck out of these engines to get the cubic inch and lose your reliability, you got to add 50% more cubic inch and, you know, you kept the engine fairly tame. I, I remember it was like 175 foot-pounds of torque, like 150 horsepower. Those are nice numbers for anything, let alone right. something developed as long ago as that was. And then when you guys move on, um, what was the next big thing? Was it the, the always the cams and things like that that you were kind of known for? Well, the, the kind of the beginning of it, as far as the fueling parts side of the business, was the oil pump. Um, in fact, when we did that W3 engine, we knew... 
the factory twin cam oil pump from Harley was, you know, I would say mediocre at best for the twin cam. And we knew it wouldn't work in the W3, so we made an oil pump. And we decided, hey, if we're going to make this oil pump, let's make it retrofitable. <laughs> and one thing that's kind of interesting, too, is uh, before Jim passed, had a conversation and he brought up how kind of crazy that you can design a whole engine and the only thing that comes out of it is an oil pump and that's virtually the only thing that really came out of that engine was you know the oh, oil Jesus. pump but you know kind of neat stuff you know led into you know camshafts and push rods and valve springs and you know kind of the whole nine that you know go along with it but you know i almost want to say though like just with my experience at twin cams through the years it might have been worth getting that oil pump out of that project just for just for everything that i mean the 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 things that that solved through the twin cam years it might have been worth that whole project i think absolutely you know because you know that that they definitely you know led on with some oil pump issues and you know lead into this new engine we're kind of fortunate that you know they left an opening for us again um you know the first milwaukee 8 we took apart you know, I was actually floored at the size of the oil pump and, you know, honestly was thinking we were going out of business as far as oil pumps go. Um, you know, I think uh, to this date, I think they're on rev number eight of oil pumps. So, you know, God bless them. You know, we definitely appreciate it. I'm glad we could, uh, you know, fill in some shoes there. Right you know, when you look at, you know, some of the things that you have opportunities to enhance and and to go, I know that you're also somebody that is very hands-on with not only the uh, the company but the motorcycle industry as a whole. And you know, there's a lot of talk right now. Harley isn't exactly having the biggest banner year ever. Indians coming on pretty strong, but basically they had from uh, you know as short as maybe five or six years ago zero back up to their claim and percentage. What do you see going on right now? What are some of the 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 opportunities right now that you see for people to Maybe it's the it's the upgrades of their bikes or styles of bikes. What what's kind of coming down the pike? Well, really, what we've been focusing on this kind of goes back here for a couple of years now is we're really focused on the riders out there. We're looking for you know the the customer that wants to you know jump on his bike and ride to Sturgis or maybe he's going down to Florida or, or what have you. Somebody that's riding every weekend. You know, our products really focus on the person that wants to ride their motorcycle. Um, and that's kind of what we focus on is reliability and longevity out of the engine. And we want to give you as much performance as we can while still keeping that engine reliable. That's kind of the key that we've got. Um, our camshaft grinds that we've come out with, we really focus on the width of the power band. And, yeah, so there's some other brands out there that are going to give you some better peak power numbers and give you a nice-looking dynograph when you're at the bar. But uh, majority of our stuff, stoplight to stoplight, fuel mileage, the ease to tune and the rideability, uh, we've got you covered there. And, uh, you know, definitely proud of the product line that we've put together. And you make everything in-house. Uh, we do not make everything in-house. Right. We, do the, we do the design work in-house, uh, but we do probably make everything in the United States. Um, right. You know, some of the, um, you know, the machine stuff, there's definitely, um, you know, specialty places in the United States that can do that, which allows, our, allows us to be, you know, pretty diversified when it comes to the product line. You know, um, here, here's a conversation that, you know, when we when we knew you were coming on, I wanted to have with you tonight is for for our money, 
you know, from the whole custom side of things, the whole way up through, like we keep tabs on everything that's new too. But for us, we're starting to see this trend that it's quite possible that those early Evos and like the soft tail uh, model especially is kind of moving into a place where it's becoming the shovel head, you know, where like you can grab that thing up for $2,500. A lot of times you're getting some trick parts on it already. At the same time that you guys are involved with so much development for the new stuff, is is there anything inside of a performance company that's looking back at that stuff and seeing a trend develop that the garage guy is going to also have the benefit of your of your um, abilities to redesign and, and go after that market as well? Absolutely. And it's interesting that you, you know, make that point. Um, uh, the the Evo just made the drag old book here last year, right? So yeah. kind of like book. Um, our number two selling product uh, is uh, our Evo lifters. Um, so I know there's a lot of Evos out there being you know remanufactured, rebuilt, what have you. So you know, um, and we recently came out with a camshaft lineup for the Evos. We hesitated for many many years just because there were so many brands out there, um, you know, making camshafts for them, and uh, we said. Hey, we've kind of got a name. Our twin cam stuff is doing quite well. Uh, let's release the Evo camshafts, and you know we've got a little um, hold on the market with uh, you know what we're doing for the evolution. You know we've got some valve train components, the lifters, the camshafts, valve springs, and so forth. And yeah, absolutely, that's a good part of the business. Right on. I've got to think there was probably close to a million Evos built from oh. from their time, and and they were the motor i think that really saved the motor company i mean that motor came out it was bulletproof it didn't mist it didn't leak it didn't do much i I don't know you might be a little biased though well because i have a garage full of them yeah that's i'm just trying to get the price back up on the things chris is telling me they were 2500 bucks now i'm crying well you can get them for 2500 bucks i know not mine this is the best this is the best thing about that right it reinvigorates the core again like if you have a guy that's maybe wanting to start doing stuff with his son and he can go buy a $2,500 early Evo or early soft tail and do something with that that's that's how we build the bridge to that next generation hey I was in a dealership this week and this dealership actually may just hold on to it guy traded in an 87 soft tail custom with 247,000 miles on it nice. and the thing is in incredibly good condition he wrote it but he obviously maintained it and you know kept a coat of wax on the tins and you know cleaned it up when he could unbelievable bike 247,000 miles it must be dripping with fueling products on the inside must be <laughs> well you, and and my favorite thing all the time like was you know coming up from you guys probably know the, the name Jim Libanetti. And me, and me and Jim together built one of the sickest shovel heads there ever was. I mean, it had zero-degree clearance. It had a totally radical, ridiculous cam. It had a quench port built into the heads, totally exotic, poured in the heads. And it was disgusting fast. But I put a $50 bill every time I went somewhere on that bike. I put $50 away because I knew I was going to blow it up. When the Evo came along, what we did with a pocket port, you know, a, a mild cam comparatively and a good breathing exhaust, and it still had, like, you know, the the rideability and reliability far surpassed what we did with that shovel head, and it almost equaled in performance. You know, they were they were just incredible motor. I actually think the Evo is the last bike that ever enjoyed the drag pipe. Yeah. I don't think twin cams made it to the drag pipe. Now, I know the M8s aren't there, but Evos with the drag pipe, one of the most legend, only an Ironhead Sportster is louder than one of those, I think. So we shouldn't do all the talking here, Luke. 
<laughs> Luke's getting ready to ride to Sturgis this year. Are you taking a, an Evo out there this year? No, I I do have one of these uh, Evo four belts sitting in the back, oh. but uh, I'm sure I'm going to go on a uh, one of the Milwaukee eights because uh, I'm sure we've got some products to test. But yeah, no, I definitely there's nothing like the sound of you know the Evos, and you know I happen to you know be very fond of the feeling four valve heads on it too. But you know what um, else Luke has done? He's a he's a um a mentor, if you will, and he's taken Lance Curry under his wing, a 12-time X Games medalist, and uh, you work a lot with him on helping him develop his brand, I believe, Thrashing, right? Yeah, Thrashing Supply. Uh, Lance and I uh, hooked up a few years back, and he was helping us with some of our social media and some of our travel, and I don't know, we've kind of hooked up, became good friends, and uh, uh, he started Thrashing, and then he brought me in as a partner, and uh, you know, we've created the relationship with drag specialties, and I think we've got a pretty good thing going. Uh, you know, really focused again on, uh, you know, pieces and parts for the riders. So, yeah. see that both of our guests tonight help mold some of the younger generation. Come along. We had Teach doing it with his class, right. and now Luke doing it. See, these guys are giving, they're giving back, and no. Luke's not even that old. I mean, neither is Teach. They're young no. guys. Yeah, uh, and that's salt what, of the earth. These guys. <laughs> that's what it's going to take right now, though. You know, like this is. I was on uh, Charlie Brechtel's program this morning out in California, and we had a great big part of our conversation was about that that relationship and mentoring. That's really what it's going to take. You know, we're going to have to do this. It's not going to be like you just come up with a solution and all the millennials go, "Oh my God, I have to have a bike." It's going to be one rider at a time, man. Just like it always was. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we need, you know, definitely more involvement. And I know there's some companies out there in the industry that are doing things to get some kids on bicycles. And uh, I think there's some pretty neat things going on with uh, the the Stasic uh, electric dirt bikes that Harley Davidson just picked up. I think there's, you know, mad craze to get some of these kids involved. What's your take? Obviously, you're purely mechanical and a lot of your applications, whether you're looking at the new Softail or an an old FXR or whatever, but... The electric bikes, where where do you see fueling addressing things with them? Obviously, there's a lot of componentry still with the bike. It's just the power plant's pretty unique. Well, yeah, as far as the kit, being able to cross over the internal combustion engine, yeah, we're kind of at a loss there. But uh, we've been fairly involved with some electric stuff. In fact, we built a uh, single-seat all-electric airplane here a couple years ago and uh, competing in a NASA competition. Uh, we made a 19-horsepower airplane that would go over 150 miles an hour, uh, you know, single-seater. But, yeah, I'm definitely in, involved with the electrical uh, components, and, um, you know, I'm a fan of it. I think the motorcycles are really neat. I think, uh, you know, close range to and from, you know, a, a job, things like that. Uh, I think it's a, a, a great motorcycle. However, you know, you're not going to jump on one and head to Sturgis anytime soon, but, you know, they're pretty bitching. The torque power that you get out of them is very impressive. Damn it, Luke. I was looking for somebody to be on my side. <laughs> I thought for sure the motorhead guy would back me up. <laughs> He's a visionary, you know. Uh, hey, I, I guess the next question then is, um, you know, we, we, we obviously talked about that, but Harley, kind of which is really a big move from them about, I don't know, nine or ten months ago, they released photos of all their new upcoming bikes a street fighter yes. a, a liquid cooled street fighter a, uh an adventure bike 
Um, you know, th these were just some of the bikes. Luke, have you had a chance to see that new inline twin electric or uh, liquid-cooled motor yet from Harley? I know that it was just in photos. And what was it, like a 950 displacement type thing or something? Yeah, I've only uh, been privy to some of the photos. But, you know, it's going to be you know interesting to see the, how this plays out. You know, once again, I think it, you know, makes sense for somebody running around local and i think it's a lot could be a lot of fun but uh you know some long distance riding i don't it's not there yet dude i'd, I'd totally be down for that street fighter yeah i'm just saying yeah i could I'd, I'd i'm always excited about the the pan american yeah. or whatever i'll take it in the dirt see what it'll do but you know we'll see when they come out heck they released a bunch of pictures and none of the, they even had the little kind of flat track looking thing in there too but they haven't really made much mention on that either, but you know, I know that Luke works closely with a lot of the. Is there any other manufacturers? Do you do much on the Indian side? Uh, we don't do a whole lot there. I mean, we've been involved, uh, you know, playing around with some camshafts and you know some tuning on some of those bikes. But um, you know, I don't. Know, we kind of bring back, you know, the the red pill versus the blue pill. That comes into play with some of that stuff. But. Yeah, right. They're very impressive, you know, the four-valve, you know, once again, that four-valve stuff. And, you know, even kind of bring it back here to the Milwaukee 8. Um, and I think one thing that we're finding the customers with the Milwaukee 8 are a little confused on is the main purpose of the four-valve is, you know, the flow that it gets um, early on and the torque that it can produce at the low RPMs. It's not a high RPM engine because the rocker arms and the valve train can't handle the RPM, but the four valve is excellent at, you know, bottom end torque, grunt and pull. Um, and, you know, they're very impressive in that area. And it's just one thing to note with the guys with the Milwaukee A's, they're not jumping into something that's, you know, a high RPM engine. You know, I was super impressed on the uh, on the model launch with that thing was the fact that there was there was no real dead spot in the power delivery. And I mean, coming coming from a factory bike, that's something. You know, I didn't find myself shifting as much. I didn't find, you know, the the transition like I can remember coming from my Evo and getting on my first twin cams and it was like night and day. You had to ride that bike completely different. You know, and I think that I think my first impressions with the the Milwaukee Eight was just that it was so much more user friendly. And you're talking some, you know, baby camshafts in there. And I know you just mentioned a little bit ago about the gains that you would get out of the Evolution engine with, you know, a cam and a pipe and an air cleaner. And we're, you know, to a certain degree, we're right back there with this Milwaukee Eight uh, because they're very limited with the little camshaft that's in them from the factory. So a good camshaft. And, you know, exhaust pipe and an air cleaner goes a very long way as far as the percentage output that you get out of these things now. So let's talk drag racing for a minute. We've been, uh, we've been helping out with the AMRA and getting, uh, getting them some exposure through social media and media with the magazine and stuff. What do you, what do you know? Are you hearing anything from guys that are starting to get fired up about drag racing again on the street level? Yeah, we're hearing quite a bit of that, and we've been involved with some pretty cool projects. Um, some guys, you know, once again are excited about this Milwaukee 8, and, you know, I think there's just a big buzz around it because of, you know, it's a new engine, and I think early on some of the drag race guys caught on to us because, you know, we were so familiar with the four-valve um, head program, and that's one thing that Jim really did help a lot of guys out, you know, years back with the Evo four-valve heads and the, um, you know, the top fuel and the drag racing aspect of it. So, yeah, I think, it, you know, there's going to be some more interest out there. 
Um, yeah, I think it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to see some more publicity on the drag racing side because I feel like it is kind of a, you know, a, a dying industry out there, if you will. So, you know, it'd be nice to see a little bit more publicity and some more, you know, press coverage and so forth with it. Well, we're going to, we're going to do our best to try to keep that going, man, because that's, you know, I was, I was telling Rob at the beginning of the show before we got on, you know, the, the street level and, you know, the, the fact that guys can show up with just a hot street bike and do passes. And, you know, I'd almost forgotten how much I enjoyed all that stuff until we started going to Burt Baker's thing in Sturgis that he does just the, you know, everybody come and run what you brung. And I had so much fun there that, like, when it led to the opportunity of showing other people that, hey, there's a track down the street, you can get down there, you know, put a couple bucks down and, and start doing some passes and see what it really does. Yeah, and that's what it's about. That's, you know, that's why a lot of us are in this industry, you know, and or, you know, involved with the motorcycles. And I think that's a huge part. What was your path to get here? Was your family big motorcycle people or uh, was it a neighbor down the street? What what kind of got you ignited early on? I grew up in the automotive industry and um, ended up getting the opportunity through some schooling, met up with Jim Fueling and uh, you know, he took me under his wing for a little bit, but, you know, I definitely had an interest in the internal combustion engine, you know, early on more on the automotive side of things, you know, involved with some motorcycle stuff, but, you know, involved pretty heavily in some automotive engine builds. And then, uh, you know, fueling was really all about, you know, all the internal combustion engine, no matter if it was on two wheels, four wheels or what have you. And, uh, you know, it's fortunate that he was able to take, you know, me under his wing for a little spell there and, um, you know, learned a lot learned a lot. One, you know, one of the really cool things that, uh, you know, Jim kind of stood for was you don't know what it's going to do until you run it. And it could be, you know, a, a crazy idea, but in all reality, you know, that is the truth is you don't know what any of this stuff's going to do until you actually run it and, you know, see for yourself. You know, and that's one of the things I always loved about this company too, especially like through the, through the mid nineties, late nineties, we got to a place where, you know, the, the, the one thing about a dyno run is like, you know, whatever you say that it's, you know, barstool bullshit or whatever, the one thing that you can't lie about on a dyno run is that at 52-52, that's where the horsepower and torque are going to cross. You know, and f- for a while we got to a place where the marketing of some companies and the performance and the engineering forgot to talk to each other. And you could see these charts that they were making up where that didn't happen anymore and it's i mean it's just it's physically impossible for that not to happen so we got to a place in motorcycling for a while where like there were so many outrageous marketing claims where at one point we were going to take you know every coil spark plug wire spark plug air cleaner pipe that we could that was giving you you know 30 percent more horsepower and 25 percent more horsepower and we were going to put it all on the same bike and see if we actually got 265 percent more horsepower you know (laughs) but but like he said these guys they put it it's the when the rubber meets the street man i mean they they're making products and they're they're taking out you don't know what it's going to do until you until you run it you know that's well we were down we were down in daytona with these guys and you and i that was the last time we were on was right after daytona and you know luke has his crew down there and, and you know they had their you know their cam plates and their cams and all of a sudden they come walking around the corner with this uh anti-foaming it basically it replaces the dipstick is that right luke <laughs> yes yeah to some level uh, i mean you're way you know but it's it's a it's a breather right yeah it's like a pcv valve if you will uh you know i mean i don't know how technical you want to get but um 
the Milwaukee eight, what we found, and you know, really to relate to some of the sumping issues that they're having, is the cavities on the inside of the engine and the oil tank are, I'm going to say, marginal at best for a stock 107. You start doing the stroker engine 114, you know, 124s, big bore kits. You automatically have more, you know, leak down and blow by. And you know, now that these are sealed engines, there's nowhere for it to go. Um, so what we did is we came up with a you know, pretty simple solution where we uh, made a vented or breather dipstick, if you will. So it's got a little flapper valve in it and you know, basically acts as a PCV valve to the system. Right on. And all of a sudden, all that performance that you've added to your bike isn't lost in the oil forming, right? Well, yeah, they've got a sumping issue, and that added pressure can cause you know, uh, cavitation in the oiling system. And that makes the oil pump have to work harder and, you know, it just creates issues. And, you know, I mean, not just like thinking about the Milwaukee 8 or if you're talking, you know, a Chevrolet or, you know, you name the engine. You know, one thing that we're really big on over here is you got to look at it as a system, a balanced system, if you will. So there's no magic component that makes these things, you know, scream, if you will. You know, I mean, it takes, you know, thought out, you know, camshaft you want the oiling system you know you good exhaust pipe you know my boy daryl bassani you know what i mean you got to throw him in there uh good air cleaner i mean it takes a, it takes a good package you know what i mean there, and, and there's a lot to it it's not just throwing parts at these things and you know magically you have this you know giant dinograph to show all your boys you know absolutely absolutely well listen man um where can where can people find out more about uh fueling parts other than the fact that we would definitely like to get some more of this into the tech pages of the magazine so any of your projects that you're down with i got open pages we'll be happy to happy to work with you to get that stuff out to more of our readers but where can people keep their, their thumb on the pulse of fueling Hey, check out the website, fuelingparts.com, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, check us out, you know, give us a shout. You know, you got questions as far as any engine build when it comes to these things, give us a holler and we can give you, you know, our two cents. And, you know, once again, we really focus on, you know, packages that are for the rider. And Rob, we expect you to be riding out there, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm fueling equipped and uh, proud of it. I run both my uh, my uh, derby cover and my points cover to let them know that the fueling army is coming down the road. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I see. I had to get my street cred up with my fueling package <laughs> on my bike. I could almost walk in now and just, you know. Just let everybody know, you know, I'm down with the fueling army. You see the tank back there. You don't want to, do. you don't want to no scrap with that thing. Look at that thing coming at you. Hey, that's right. Can you imagine that's this? Like, a guy named Jim Fueling, another cool name, Luke Leatherman. Yeah. I can never work for fueling. I'm lucky well, I just get to ride their stuff. There's that kind of a story about the tanks because uh, Jim Fueling's uh, the when the operation was in Ventura, California, he had. Uh, two of these tanks on the property and we had one on each side of the building and it was interesting because you know people were always looking is there any chance we'll see the w3 re-emerge in some modern day build i'm thinking so i don't know we've got uh you see most come out of my chair heather's got scared there for a minute i think (laughs) Uh, we're thinking uh fuel injected uh maybe a road glide maybe something like that no kidding Oh, that's a, well. Check out you know check out the social media for uh, updates. But I think we got a blank canvas sitting in the back shop, and you know everybody's got you know throw throw their two cents in. So listen, this is the deal on that. When when this comes together, Rob has to ride it and write for it 
for our money. Oh, I'll be the road test right? pilot. Absolutely. We got to do that. I'll be like the knee dragger bagger out there. I'll be coming hot <laughs> in the corner, backing it in, drifting. That's what's up. Putting all 175 foot pounds of torque to work. You know how I do. That's right. I love it. Well, cool, man. Listen, thanks for being on with us tonight. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time and for all the support. And uh, please reach out to us and let us know what we can do for you guys in the future. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Luke. That is a trip, dude. Can you imagine fuel-injected W3? That's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Hopefully, we get to ride the thing at Sturgis or right. something. Imagine us out there. Me and you are both riding two up, right downtown, out through Vonnegut Canyon, Spearfish, bending it in the corners. Me and you, side by each. Yep. What do you got, Blondie? Uh, I was just going to say, for those people that want to follow Fueling, I did post his website in the comments. I posted a link to his Instagram page, and I actually threw a link into his partner company, Thrash and Supply. Um, if anybody wants to check those out, those are all in the comments. And, like, everybody is here tonight. Man, are you efficient. I know, I right? try. You are. She's way better than me. I tell people that all the time. Like, it's, it's no joke. There's no shame in my game. She gets shit done. I try. I try. I try. I try. So listen, um, before we go to our next guest, I do want to go back to the news just for a second because this is an interesting piece, and we talked about this early on tonight, was uh, Forbes magazine brings in the report that American Flag Track sees substantial growth poised for breakout. Now, for me, the really interesting thing about this is the fact that this has been like maybe the third report that I've seen about the growth of flat track from the financial sector, you know, which this news coming from the financial sector, they're talking about the business of. And I wanted to take this opportunity, especially with Rob here tonight, because of, you know, how deep drag and and parts goes and all of this stuff. There's, there's still only like eight guys in this series that get, get actually paid to do this. So, the growth, I mean, now, now you're starting to see as you go so What you mean this. by that probably are the factory guys from Harley, yeah. factory guys from Indian, and now Yamaha's throwing their hat into the ring, and then you've got the Kawasaki guys out there as well. So it's a unique, it, that's a pretty eclectic group of manufacturers yeah. to be chasing this V-twin kind of derived thing. And then they had a brand new kind of TT just a week ago, two jumps, big off-road tracks. So not only is the thing catching fire with many with uh, companies but the fan base is getting to watch it morph before their eyes into modern day flat tracking and and i love that part of it i really do like at that you know it, it was always like we were always down for the the peoria tt because of that was something different you know and as much as i love the the big wide open miles I think that that is adding a lot of spice to this for, you know, for the fans, for the the Saturday guy that's just going out, you know, but I just I just wonder like so many people are pushing the the growth, the growth. Well, the think growth. about all the non-traditional eyes that get laid on TT flat track racing at the Buffalo Chip. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many men and women that ride motorcycles, but they don't attend very many races. You know, and a perfect example of that was the Indianapolis Moto GP. Downtown Indianapolis would block the street off for bike night yeah. before the MotoGP. There'd be 100,000 bikes there, and none of those people came to the race. They thought that it was the show-off part, not the competition <laughs> part. So, yep. you know, we're glad to have people coming out to the races to to watch it in person. And, and to me, that's what always got the racing vibe going. When you start to smell race gas, when you really hear these things come by, when you... 
when you see the dirt flying off the back wheel that maybe the television camera doesn't quite capture. It's that's what gets you, man. I want to yeah. do that. I want to go try that. I want to be part of that action. Yeah, I agree with that, man. And I think it's uh, you know, for anything in motorcycling to be showing the kind of performance that this has, it's fantastic. It really is. You know, it's uh, thank God it's Forbes magazine too, right? I did post a link to that if anybody wants to read the full article. Yeah, we we do that stuff a lot where I just get off on a tangent and start talking about no. stuff and forget that other people might want to check it out. <laughs> so, hey, um, we are rolling past the uh, the half-hour point. We're a little bit late for our next guest, so without further ado, I'm going to do my best to bring him up. But um, this guest is also coming in through your introduction. So tell me about Chance Darling. Well, Chance, as far as I know, originated back here in Ohio and uh, – like I said, he's made the move through the motorcycle industry, a couple different companies, and he's been with the Barnett crew for a long time, and they continued. You mentioned it earlier, what, 1948? Right. They came on board, and for 1948 to modern day, and continue to evolve and be such an important necessity in the performance game. And, you know, Chance and his crew are always evolving the, uh, the, the clutch game in the V-Twin world. All right, let's give us a shot, man. Chance, what's up? You're live with Shop Talk. Hey, how you doing, guys? Awesome, he's here. <laughs> I'm here. Jennifer's going to be very happy with me right now. Yeah, it took it took Jennifer a little bit of uh, back and forth with Chris on the phone, and she's, she's the computer girl, not me. Oh, yeah. Now, I was telling these guys early on, you and I have known each other since uh, back trail riding with Phil Andrews and the guys, and at that yeah. point, you were chasing... Uh, was it the Camel Bucks back then with the flat track series? Was it the Camel yeah. flat track? Yeah, the the Camel the Camel series and the Camel challenges for the top six qualifiers and all that. So yeah, it was quite a few years ago. Tell us about that. I mean, I know a lot of kids that get in the motocross because whether the kid down the street. But how do you choose flat track back in in that era? That's the way you're going to go. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I'm, I mean, my my dad never raced motorcycles or anything. It was just just kind of. Somehow I got started there. I, I raced a little bit of motocross and did some drag racing with some with my little Indian 50 and stuff. And I just started flat tracking. I mean, I started riding a motorcycle when I was three years old. Started racing when I was five. And by the time I was seven years old, I was a Grand National Champion already. So, Jesus. And how long did you, did you chase it? Because the, the great thing about flat track racing is... Um, you know, you, you see the guy, heck, every Jeff Ward right now at 58 years yeah. old, isn't quite having the, the type of year that I thought he was going to have. He's doing a very, uh, trimmed down series. Only the TT gets to Daytona, doesn't make the main, goes to this one. Now this week, you and I talked briefly off the air. You were kind of pumped about the track with the two jumps and the, the big yeah, truck. You it loved kinda, it. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it was something different. I, I mean, I would have loved racing on something like that. I mean, it's, it was more of like a, like a rolling TT or something. So it was just, I, I liked it. I thought it was really neat. To, I mean, I only, I only watched it on uh, on my iPad on uh, online, but other than that, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Now, back when you were doing it, if you weren't on an XR 750, you were probably battling uphill a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was at the XR 750. I mean, the Hondas came out when you were out there, right? Yeah, the Hondas came out when I was, uh, I think I was a junior. Uh, and, and then I turned rookie, and you, you still... The Harley, there were still quite a few Harleys. I mean, it's not like now where, where uh, when Indian came out with the, the 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 flat track bike, how they just kind of just took over the whole scene. I mean, Honda, they had three or four guys out there, and there, there weren't so many bikes like the Indians are nowadays, though. 
Yeah, they certainly have made a big dent in the lineup right now oh, when you right. look at these yeah. guys. I mean, there's Crazy. a lot a lot of maroon out there on the track, but <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. they're doing it, you know, they they've got the most competitive package and if you're going to be a guy trying to, you know, Chris was just talking, and I know even in your era, you know, it was the Springsteens and Parkers and and right. guys, you know, those guys made a, a lot of the money and then the trickle down after that, it started getting thin quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there weren't very many people making that much money back then. So you moved from racer, then where do you go? Well, I was still racing, and then uh, I was working. Uh, I was racing for Corbin, and he heard I was quitting about thinking about quitting racing. So he offered me a job to move out to California. So I did that and went out there and worked there for a while and did some other things, and then decided uh, it was kind of time for a change there, and I moved on from there, and now I'm over here at Barnett. In at Barnett, they've been there since 1948, so that had to be. Yeah. Have you heard any of the first stories, like what kind of got the whole thing going? Yeah, it was actually, it was um, Colleen Taylor, her dad started the company, and it was just him in his garage working on his mo- his own personal motorcycle. I think it was like a uh, an old uh, AJ- AJS. And he would break his clutch cable or whatever, so he made little made cables, and then his buddies would break a cable, and they would need a cable, and then it just kind of went from there. And, I mean, that was in 1948 when he started that, and then in the, the mid-50s, he decided to, that's when they started making the uh, clutch plates, too. So it just kind of evolved from there. Hmm. So you took a wear item, they made it better, and next thing you know, the company's right. around 70 years. Yep, 71 years. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's awesome, though, when you think about a company that's been yeah. around that long. Listen, after yeah. having a company for 23 years, I can pretty much <laughs> tell you that there's a lot of story in the middle of that. There's a lot of story in 70 years, boy. Oh, yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, I mean Charlie and his wife, Afton, I mean, they, they pretty much ran. They started the company, and they pretty much ran it all those years. And then uh, Mike... Mike Taylor, he actually started in uh, 1968, I believe it was, and him and Colleen had gotten married. And then from there, he kind of went all around the shop and did different odds and ends and doing whatever needed to be done, going picking up parts or working late on the machines or whatever. And then in uh, the mid-70s, Charlie had a, a stroke, and so he pretty much couldn't do anything. So so Mike and Colleen, they pretty much took over the business in, in the mid-70s, and they're still here. I mean... They're here every day. I mean, they, they come in, and Mike answers all the tech calls, and Colleen takes sales and, and talking to people on the phones. I mean, they're here all the time still. So if you call uh, Barnett and you have a question, you're going to talk probably to Mike Taylor about it. And yep. how much better of an answer can you get than from him? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because a, a lot of the old bikes, I mean, I don't really know about, so I just always send them all over to Mike, and he knows them. He knows all. He's got all the answers. He's the, he's the go-to guy for sure. Well, you were saying you have a Barnett clutch on what bike, Chris? On my 49 pan head. And I'm going to tell you something right now, and I don't care how many of my traditional guys bitch at me for this. I would not ride that motorcycle. It's a it's a foot clutch jockey shift 49 pan head with a long-ass Paco Springer on the front of it. I've ridden that thing in Brooklyn, in downtown New York. And I don't have I don't have a second thought about it because of that that Barnett Scorpion clutch man is off the hook. Change yeah, we, we, change that whole ride. Change the whole ride yeah. of that bike. We've we've sold more of those shovelhead scorpions this clutches this year than we have in the past several years. It's like 
people are pulling the old bikes out of the woodwork and just getting them going again. And everybody knows you put the scorpion clutch in those things and it gets rid of the walk. You could stop at a stoplight and sit there with the bike in gear. It's not going to pull you through the intersection, nothing like that. Then when you want to put it in gear, you pull the clutch lever in, pop it in gear and take off. Well, dude, especially for, especially for a foot clutch jockey, like yeah. that, that thing's like butter. Like, I don't ever yeah. have to worry about finding I, I think the clutch is better than the transmission. <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny now. You know, we see, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier with Luke Leatherman on here in the in the performance genre that's starting to creep back into the V-twin world. It sort of went away a little bit when guys were going to the bigger baggers. They spent more money on stereos than they did on making their bikes go fast. But now the guys are back to making the bikes go fast again. Oh, and I'm telling that. you, if the brakes... The clutch and the suspension aren't up to thing. You've just wasted a ton of money on your motor because you're not going to make it work. You've got to clutch it. You've got to put some brakes on it so mm -hmm. you can ride it hard and put some suspension. But the clutch is critical to getting that power to the back wheel. And, and Barnett's make sure it's a seamless transition. You install it, and it's done. It's, you're fixed. Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, we, we, try, we try to do the best we can. I mean, we try to work with all the new models that are coming out. I mean... With all the new M8s and everything, and, and I mean, guys want lockup clutches or, or they want the standard Scorpions. I mean, a lot of people, they'll put our, our lockup clutches if it's like an older guy or a lady and she wants an easy, easier lever to pull. Because with a lockup, you can run a lighter spring so the lever is easier. And then so that way, when they're sitting at a stoplight, they can pull the clutch lever in and not have to use two hands or worry about the clutch lever slipping out of their hand and going into an intersection or something. So it's, it's actually safer. You know what's really funny, Chris, and, and and everyone listening, is both of the guests that we've had on tonight, well, we've had three, but both of them make jewelry, but it all goes inside your motor, the clutch, yeah. the, the cam chest, the, yeah. everything. It's like jewelry, It's like and, and they hide it. You guys have addressed that, though, and you guys actually have a clear clutch cover so you can see this beast hiding behind the uh, derby cover. Yeah, I mean, our clutches aren't cheap, but they work, and all these guys spend this money, and they want to be able to see what they what they have. I mean, when you're sitting on the bike, you can't see it, but your buddy next to you can see it, and it's kind of neat when it's when it, when everything's running and spinning. It looks like kind of like a car wash in, in your primary cover, but as soon as the bike shuts off and you got a clear window, you can see that bright and that nice orange scorpion clutch in there, and you can tell everybody, yeah, that's it. That's what I got. You can see it. Hey, I have a question in from social media. Michael O'Leary is asking. He says, I have a pro clutch from Rivera Primo. Do you make replacement clutches? Can't get a clutch pack. Is Rivera Primo out of business? Yeah, we've, we've got the steel and friction plate kits for those. And for yeah. all, all the different Primos that are out there. There you go. So, yeah. The link to their website is in the comment section for Barnett Clutches. So you can just scroll up and, and click on up. that and find it. So Yeah, I mean, we... We, on our on our website, we've got like a, a section there where it's kind of like your make and model, so you can it's pretty easy to use, and you can just kind of click on your bike and what you're looking for, and pull up all the different part numbers right there. So here here's a story for you, real good, real quick. This is going to be a, a product testimonial. Darren McKeg is in on social media. He reminds me, <laughs> the cops in Vegas thought the ticket, which is the forty nine pan I was talking about, was real hot. I got the longest, most expensive ticket in my life on that panhead riding through downtown Vegas because the motorcycle cop couldn't keep up with me on that bike. I'm pretty sure it was the smooth shifting had me get away with myself. So I'm blaming that shit on you. That's all right. I'll take the blame for that one. Not the ticket or the points, but he will no, take no, the no, blame. No, I, don't need, I don't need any help there. Yes, sir. Now, you know, 
you guys, and, and we talk to people about the show circuit, you have your Daytonas, you have your Sturgis. Where are the places that if somebody wanted to come up and see the Barnett display, talk to your crowd? I mean, last year we were in Sturgis, and we came down with the one of the old book bikes. Um, Alex Fox from uh, Drag Specialty took his dad's bike, Stan Fox, who was a great IndyCar driver and stuff, brought it out there. One of the first places we stopped was the Barnett booth, downtown Sturgis, and the thing had a Barnett clutch in it, of course, because, you know, you have to if you're going to be cool. And, you know, just having a chance for your crew and you guys to talk to Alex a bit about the bike, it just, you know, where can people come? Because once they have a chance to talk to you guys, it, it really makes the decision easy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we don't do a whole lot of shows anymore. I mean, we do like the, the drag specialties shows and, and the dealer training and that kind of thing. But as far as the big shows, I mean, Surges is really the only one that we do anymore. I mean, we take our big big semi out there, and we can actually we got our just all the displays and the motorcycles and everything, and we actually make cables on cables, and actually we're making brake lines now too. We'll make them there at our truck. So if your guy, I mean, every year we get people pulling in, and they've got vice grips on their their clutch arm or hit or their throttle cable wrapped around their hand, just so they can get into town. And then we measure them up, and we make the cables that they need right there on the spot, and and everybody's just thrilled for it. I mean, but but really, show-wise, I mean, we don't. There's not a whole lot of shows that we really go to anymore. I mean, a lot of the stuff now is just word of mouth and the, the social media. We're really trying to get bigger on there, and then everything's online. You can buy all of our product off our own website and everything. So, and then I mean, you can always call if you've got questions. You don't know what clutch to use, or if you got an issue or fitment or whatever. I mean, we we try to answer all the calls that we can, and every and try to try to do be sufficient about everything. So. Okay. But, I mean, well, Mike Mike Yorko's coming in from social media, and um, Mike says that he just bought a clutch yesterday from Barnett for his Land Speed Racer. Now, this is where we got to get a little side action going on because Mike is in the same class as Jay Allen, and between the two of them, it's my class in Bonneville, and I'm never going to catch up to the two of them. So I'm not saying that you have to like derail his efforts, but if you can just not give him a whole bunch of help, he's so far ahead of me <laughs> right now. There's got to be some perks no. for this magazine. <laughs> oh. I'm we'll, just, we'll, give, we'll give you the good guy discount. There you go. <laughs> right on. So you're doing yeah, you're doing Bonneville, Chris? I did last year with the War Pony, with the, the bike that used to be the, the dresser that I rode around all the over the place. And uh, Danny from Zippers built this ridiculous motor. We took it to Burt Baker's thing in Sturgis, ran a 117 in the eighth mile, and then took it to Bonneville with all intentions of racing it. And Drew at Tech broke my heart. And that would be Drew Gatewood. <laughs> no, I knew I, I knew it probably wasn't going to make it. It had open belt drive, and people told me that was going to be a problem. And I just couldn't I couldn't do anything about it between Sturgis and Bonneville. So we went out, and I ran it a little bit and took it through tech to do the whole, hey, this is what you need to get ready for Bonneville. This is what we're going to do. And this year we're going back with it really ready to run. And I, last year I did get to do my, my – uh, my rookie run, and I went through the whole, you know, red stripe on the helmet. And you know, after eight years of going to Bonneville, I finally got to do my rookie run. But but you are going to run it, and you're going to kick ass. This this year Just it's saying. on. It's, it's on. Barnett equipped, of course. That's right. That's right, baby. So now, what, how, fa- how how fast are you hoping to go on it? You know, honestly, man, from for me. It's it's not even about that top speed. It's it's literally just about being a Bonneville and oh, doing wow. anything. So yeah. if I did if I did one fifty on it, it would be awesome. Yeah, you know. But yeah, it's just, 
It's well, definitely a de- totally different kind of racing. I mean, being out there. I mean, I'm in the 200 mile an hour club on a motorcycle, oh, and shit. and I'm I've been trying to build a bike for a couple of years now, and I just don't have the time and just too busy with everything else. But I definitely want to get back out there myself. That that shovel head that we were talking about earlier that that uh, Jim Libanetti built with me that I I got a ticket on that for 140 miles an hour, but that was completely unfaired. Yeah, that, unfair and unfair. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hoping this one. It's it's pretty slick. It's a pretty slick motorcycle, man. And like I said, Danny is a mad scientist at zippers, and it's disgusting fast. Like that was 117 in the eighth mile happened at the Sturgis Dragway without the right pipe, and the clutch was slipping. I mean, I have no idea how fast that bike's going to be. It'll be ridiculous. Mike Yerko's shooting for 200 miles an hour this year. Mike should absolutely make it. He is a nut. <laughs> and you got in a 200 chance? What were you uh, piloting back then? Um, then I was, it was a uh, Kawasaki that was built by, uh, well, that's when I was working at Corbin, and Rob Muzzy built it for us. Okay. Nice. So it actually, I actually went, uh, got in the 200-mile-an-hour club the, the second time, or third time I was at Bonneville. Wow. I see they're doing a lot of work to save the the salt out there yeah. and do everything. Yeah, they're so. really trying, and it's getting a little bit better each year, so it's it's getting there. I think this year is going to be a really good year in Bonneville. We've talked to a lot of people that are making an effort to get there this year. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm hooked. I'm glad. You know, this is something that we've been – it's a recurrent theme on the show we keep talking about. As great as it is that flat track racing is, is coming back so strong, but for like a – you know – the land speed racers and, you know, the unsung heroes that are out there. Like, we try to do a Bonneville issue almost every year just to give those guys some love. And the drag racers, again, like the local, you know, Friday night drag racing that, that's getting motorcycles going again. I'm super thrilled about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, any, any way you can get any, get on a motorcycle and do anything, I mean, it just, it's just it's better. Yeah. When you're in a bad mood, you get on your motorcycle, you go for a ride, you come back, you're in a better mood. I just... Like therapy. Mike, keep talking about it. What's the release? You know, where dopamines are different things from the <laughs> yep. riding down the street. I mean, heck yeah, get on a bike. It it solves a lot of stuff. It get should beat some, some of the alternatives. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do you got coming up next? I mean, you're a busy man. I know you got a family and everything, but you find time to do some fun things. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking this weekend I might take a little ride and go up to uh, the Quail up in Monterey. It's kind nice. of nice. You got I, I've, the, been to, I've been wanting to go for years, and I haven't made it up there. So I might might just get on the bike and ride up there Saturday morning and just check it out, and then turn around and come back home. So yeah, you have uh, to say been, you have to say hi to Ken Connie for us. Our 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 typical co-host is on that ride, and he's on mm-hmm. his on his way up there now with the people from Why We Ride. Yeah, yeah, I saw a bunch of pictures from that. That, that, that looks like a, a good deal there too. But I mean, other than that, just been just been working here, trying to get products out the door, and trying to come up with some new products and stuff too. So, I mean, we just we've been here for seventy one years, and we don't want to go anywhere. So we got to stay keep up with years, the Joneses. And, yeah, what an accomplishment! You know, it's all it's it's sad to say that in our in our countries in this time in our country, that's become such an anomaly. Like a a near hundred year company is becoming a thing of the past. Like companies just don't, they don't do that anymore. You know, the, right, yeah. the, the families I mean, give up and you know, the, the big business that takes over just, they don't care about the heritage. Right. Yeah. No, this is, I mean, it started family owned. It's still family owned, family run. I mean, everything that we make, 
we, we everything that we sell we make here in house. I mean, we we don't farm anything out to, out of the country or. I mean, all the materials are from the U.S. I mean, we, everything we do is we, we everything in our building. We get sheets of aluminum, sheets of steel, whatever we got bars for the billet aluminum baskets. I mean, we get twelve foot bars and cut them in the pieces on the slugs, and they go on the machines, and we make everything here. I mean, the only thing we don't do in our building is the uh, like the chrome plating and the anodizing. It's just impossible in California. Yeah. I mean, for us to try to do that ourselves, so that we send out to other places, but. I mean, we try to just keep everything here. I mean, we've got better control of everything. We know what, what what kind of materials we have. We know what our tolerances are, and we know what works. So we're going we're gonna to continue doing it that way. See, doesn't it make it easy just to do business with them? You don't even have to worry about it anymore. Right? Just handled. <laughs> he handled it for us. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 time-consuming and get, gets frustrating or aggravating once in a while. But, I mean, when you see the finished product, you know it's it's worth it, and and you get you get emails or phone calls or people come up and talk to you and say how great the product is and stuff like that. I mean, it's worth it. It's worth it in the end for sure. Well, you got a lot of guys on social media here that are fans. I know uh, Darren McKegg is he's trying to blame a couple things on you too. Um, one was uh, let's see, I almost did two hundred two hundred that night in Sturgis when Chris and Bill Dodge couldn't hold my front end. That was at the Baker Burnout drags. <laughs> that was two hundred miles an hour up. Up, straight up, though, that doesn't count there. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they measure in a linear fashion. Um, he also says, I did 200 miles an hour on my chopper that night at the chip, three jars of moonshine, headed back to the Limp Nicky lot. He, he, he's, hanging, he's hanging a lot of this on his, uh, his, uh, his Barnett-equipped chopper. So, <laughs> Yeah, we get, we get blamed a lot for guys burning their tires off and popping them because they're doing burnout so big. But it's like, well, sorry, but that's much work. You what wanted. can you say? Yep. <laughs> Right on, man. Well, listen. Tell everybody where they can uh, they can keep up with everything that's going on with Barnett's and all your new products. Yeah, I mean, we've got our website, just barnettcollectors dot com. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, we've got a, a, a search on there, so you can put in the make and model of your motorcycle, and all of your different products will pop up. Whether it's cables or brake lines or clutch plates or baskets, or I mean, we pretty much make it make it make all that for dirt bikes, street bikes, UTVs, the side by sides. I mean, that's a really growing market right now. Did I even see yeah. that you guys are involved a little bit in the vintage dirt bike world? You have applications oh, for yeah. that too. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. There's well, hey, I guess when you've been around since '71, there's a lot of that yeah. going on now too. Like vintage you. dirt bike races are off the hook yeah. now. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, we it's, just, it's kind of happening what happens to everybody. You get nostalgic at a certain age. Now, yeah. the difference thing is the, the first group of guys that got nostalgic about motocross, they finally remembered 1974. I remember 1974, but I was on an XR75. Right. So Mako, Boltaco, and Osa doesn't mean as much to me from that genre. But now... It's the mid '80s and, and Husky baby, say it. That's where all oh, you know you can't say, huh? But say that's it. where it's going right now. Is this mid '80s and everyone's going? I got to buy a bike and refurbish it. And but when you put a good clutch in something, now you it's it's awesome what you guys. You could probably put up a list of what you don't make a clutch for, and it'd be about three things. Yeah, no, I mean we do we do a lot of different things. I mean we got guys sending us clutch plates for lawnmowers and front end front end loaders, and and we can we can re, we put the friction material on them and. The guys, guys got sent us blanks for like the old cannonball bikes and stuff. They'll yeah. cut out some, st they'll cut out steel plates or aluminum plates, and then we'll bond the friction material for them. And then that way, it's like a brand new bike again. So I mean, we we can do all that stuff here. Hey, Chance, I do have a question in from uh, social media for you. Um, let me get back to it here. 
Okay, Matt Smith with a question. He says, speak to Victory customers that run crappy diesel 1540 and wonder why they smoke their clutches. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with our clutches, um, as long as it's a motorcycle-specific oil, I mean, any oil works with our clutch. Any motorcycle oil will work with our clutches. I mean, you don't want to put in like a, like a car, like a 20, like a mobile one, like car oil, because it doesn't have the right friction modifiers in it and stuff, but... But all the different brands that are out there, I mean, whether it's like drag specialties or whatever, I mean, Redline or Mobile One, the V-Twin oil, I mean, all, all those oils work. Honda Line, Yamalube. I mean, as long as it's for a motorcycle wet clutch, I mean, it's good with our with our clutches, no problems. Right on. Are you guys I mean, still yeah, in the dry you, clutch game much? Oh, yeah. We sell, I mean, we sell thousands of the uh, Ducati clutches still. I mean, for the old 916s, the 996s and all that, I mean. We still make those. All the different belt drive companies that are out there that are still in business. I mean, we, we make uh, steel and friction plate kits for those because they always wear out. So, I mean, we, we've got those still, too. The old uh, Nortons, I mean, we make clutch plates for them still. So, a lot of the BSAs, stuff. I mean, all, all those bikes. We, we, we have everything. Not everything, but pretty much everything. A lot so. of that stuff's still on the street, man. It is. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Barnett, it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, listen, Chance, man, thanks for coming on with us. I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I'm hoping that it won't be real long before we get you back on again. Now that we got you dialed in on all that technology, it'll be easy. Yeah, we can just yeah now, say, hey. now we know how to do it. Oh, yeah. Now that Jennifer's got the office shaped <laughs> right. up up there, we could have a weekly, uh, you know, the, the Barnett minute. Checking in with Barnett. Yeah, That's we're right. here. Let's right check on. us out. All right, man. Well, thanks again, and we'll be talking to you again real soon. Okay, thanks. All right, buddy. All right, see you guys. Later, my friend. Bye, Rob. There's like, I just have to say, there's like a whole little reunion going on in I the know, comments here. You I seen know, this? It's so, it's cool. so great. It is. That's bad. So badass. great. Oh, sorry, Mitch. We didn't see your question before we let him go. But oh. if you go to barnettclutches.com, there's a link in there. You can put in the year, make, and model, and it will tell you if they he have it. He has a 1985 GSXR 750 LTD with the dry clutch. Okay. And the bikes are only red, white, and blue. I'm guessing. <laughs> is that what you have, Magoo? Is is Rob? Where's is he Rob at? Correct? Where's he at? Um, he was Magoo, down a little Magoo, farther. Magoo, I saw his thing. Magoo. What's shaking? Down, down, down. I'm going. I'm no, the question going. was the wrong way. The other way. You're going the wrong oh. way. Yeah, see right there. Any clutch plates for GSX or 750 LTD? I would bet. I would bet. Knowing these cats and what we just oh, went yeah. through. Oh, I mean, yeah. Hell yeah. He's talking Norton feather beds. He got clutch for that. He'll, he'll bind you some fibers on or something. There's nothing he can't do. Nope. So um, I want to remind you guys we are coming to you through the courtesy of uh, the Russ Brown Motorcycle Attorney Studio here with Shop Talk every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We go live with 90 to 120 minutes of all the bullshit we can fit, sprinkle in some news, talk some trash, tell old stories that may or may not be true. And uh, Unfortunately, old- <laughs> most of them are true. We call it all Shop Talk, and we put it out there for God and everyone. So hope you join in. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Um, we still got a little bit of news to take care of, but real quick, I'm going to do some business for the magazine, or for the show, magazine, show. It all blends together. Stick around. We'll be right back. What are you looking forward to? Watching these guys crash these bikes. <laughs>
Don't tell mom. Hi, this is Joe from Motion Pro, and today we're going to talk about one of our many time-saving tools for use on your Harley-Davidson motorcycle, our clutch spring compression tool. Whether you're replacing just the clutch plates or rebuilding the entire primary, this tool will help make that job a snap. Designed to replace OEM part number 38515A, it is intended for use on 90 to 97 big twins and 91 and later sportsters. For your specific model, please feel free to look at go to motionpro.com and use the search by vehicle function to see it on your specific model. The tool includes two separate push rods, one for use on the big twin applications and one for use in sportsters and buells. Little hint, the sportster buell rod is hollow. Please make sure to refer to your service manual for the specifics on your machine. With the push bolt fully seated, you can now install the body of the tool. With the body of the tool installed, you can now compress the spring and remove the circlip. The Motion Pro Clutch Spring Compression Tool makes compressing the diaphragm spring quick, easy, and safe, allowing for a quick removal of the circlip. The Motion Pro Clutch Spring Compression Tool is available online or at dealers nationwide. Thanks for watching. If you like this video and like to see more, make sure to subscribe to Motion Pro's YouTube channel right here. So look, baby, more tools that I want for Motion Pro. <laughs> right. So I posted a link to Camp Zero uh -huh. while you were playing that commercial, and I just happened to notice they're having a PB&J run. They're doing a ride where the lunches you get to make your own oh peanut God. butter and jelly sandwich I'm and that's going to be patrick garvin riding that we need uh, to run in that we need to go on that i want a yep. peanut butter and jelly sandwich have you got those crustable things yet for like the kids no. for their lunches yeah so i only like them. them frozen like right out of the freezer <laughs> they're so good oh so they kind of almost break a tooth but not quite they're awesome <laughs> We have so much coming up, but one of the things I want to talk about real quick is uh, we made a little bit of a faux pas. So you guys know we've been advertising that we're coming to the Realities Ride right around the corner, May 25th. Um, there was some confusion of who launched the uh, the actual event for it on Facebook, and we had had one up, and they asked us to take it down because they had one up, and all of a sudden, a few of you guys were confused whether or not the event was canceled. The event is absolutely not canceled. You can see we're bringing the old-time bike games. We have our custom bike show. We're actually even going to be doing a show, um, I believe, at a kickoff party. We're going to tell you about that coming up soon, but we're going to do a shop talk show from there. But the Realities Ride is on in full vigor. And that is more Memorial Day weekend in Fort Collins, Colorado. That will be an inaugural event for us in Colorado. We've not done a show there before, so... All you Colorado peeps, please come. Bring your friends. It won't suck. Magoo, I hope. Magoo was on here. Another thing that we've uh, we Magoo reached out to us. It's it's got to be damn near a year ago to start talking about this, right? Okay, big fish. It was like two months ago. <laughs> on the air, you got to call me out <laughs> on the air. You can't save that stuff for the bedroom, huh? So yeah, um, the Outlaw Street open. They should call you Minnow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Open Twin Stock uh, Production Street Bike Racing, um, Sunday, July 21st and September 15th, 2019. Every Thursday, March through October, New England Speedway. Um, hit them up on, I can't read that small. Neither can I. 
Well, you should put a link up. You should say this I is. Will. I'll put a link up. I'm working I'll on it. I'll put a link up to where those races go. I'll put a link up. <laughs> Rob, what do you got coming up? Where are you going next? You're always on the move, dude. Um, we're just wrapping up Supercross, which will be this weekend in Vegas, and then there's one weekend off, and then Sacramento down to San Diego, over to Colorado, then back to. High Point uh, in oh. Morgantown, West Virginia. Then we have another little break. I got to take Heather to High Point this you year. You have to. Have to take her. Please. She's I never, know the announcer. The guy's awesome. She's never been to High Point. She's nope. never been to you Steel need to City. Come there. You can, right? Well, Steel City's gone. When is it? I know, dude. Um, it will be in br- roughly five or six weeks when we get there. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to look. I want like the 18th, maybe. Oh, let me know. Let me know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I want to go. Um, the, oh, you got it up. The You're very next thing it. for us. See, I'm I'm good. I'm paying attention. The very next thing for us is Friday, May seventeenth, our first bike show at the Suck Bang Blow. We're super fired up about this. I haven't been to to Myrtle since back in the days of the Broken Spoke. Wow. Sleeping on the couches. I slept on the couches there. Right on. Yeah. So the night before this will be our first Shop Talk Live. We are yep. going to do Shop Talk Live from Suck Bang Blow. With Jack shit. Um, with Jack shit. Does he know that yet? Well, he does now because I think he's watching. <laughs> um, with Jack shit, and I hope Brother Speed is going to be there um, so we can get you guys in tune with a little bit of motorcycle yep. history. Yep. But yep. So yep. that show is uh, Thursday, May 16th for Shop Talk Live at Suck Bang Blow at Myrtle Beach. And, Mom, it is about how a combustion engine works. Get your mind out of the gutter. Uh, she called me on that, by the way, Miss Judy. And uh, the bike show is the following Friday, May 17th. So uh, also right around the corner is Laconia Bike Week. Um, super fired up to be back at the Roadhouse. We're going to be doing our bike show there. We have the old-time bike games coming up there. We have the whole week of Grease and Gears Garage. It's going to be And when you say old-time bike games, the keg race, the yeah. weenie keg bite, race, all that stuff. Bite, yep. All the, all right. you know, and this is, this bring it back to gypsy tour. It was, we we do a gypsy tour too. Okay. This is what's funny about that in Laconia. Now, oldest motorcycle rally in the country, right? 96 years this year. We did old time bike games last year in now the, the roadhouse is the place right across from the sign, the Weir's beach sign. So we're in, we're at the epicenter of the rally and we did these old time bike games People came out in droves. They were amazed. They're like, what is this? And I'm like, really? We're at the oldest oldest bike event in the country. This is this is how motorcycle events happen. Like people rode to a place and they played games on motorcycles, man. It was so awesome. But they loved it. They dressed it. up. Yeah. They did. Ties they and did, suits dude. and hats. It was an Dapper affair. as could be. So, it, it was an affair. And I think that Tuesday in Laconia, we're going to be doing some dirt drags. Run what you brung, dirt drags. How about that? Hillbilly, uphill. Like, total oh, gotcha. total oh, yeah, yeah, hillbilly yeah. Right up there. It's redneck um, dirt drag. So be prepared for that. Chris, Mike Yerko wants to know what happened to my finger. Oh. <sighs> Go ahead and tell them drama. <laughs> drama, you crushed it. She listen. She asked me like all week long if she could come and help at the shop because I'm cleaning the shop up, and I give her credit. She puts her she puts her dirt girl pants on and she puts in the work. So we took five truckloads of scrap out of the shop. We're cleaning a whole new section of the shop out. Five truckloads we took out of there, and on the fifth truckload, we're moving an old ass like cast iron compressor tank, right? And as we're pulling it out in the scrapyard, 
it smashed her finger. And God, I wanted to die, dude. I wanted to die because there's nothing worse than like, you know what? You know the next week of your life is going to be hell when you hurt your old lady. <laughs> no, thankfully it was just my pinky. It could have been my whole, whole hand. It's uh, it's healing and it will be just fine. Darren McKig says motor motorbike riders were quite fashionable back then. It was hey, you used to get extra points, man. Like if you went to an AMA road race and your club was uptight and had their shit together, you got extra points. And that worked out somehow. I don't know how. Oh, you ever see those big panoramic views when they're sitting? I mean, they are dressed to the nine. One, of my, ride. one yep. of my favorite events for that that I we don't get to participate in because we're usually busy is the ride of distinguished gentlemen. Yeah, where you have to like you have to be you as be dapper. dapper as you can be. Yeah. and I like it even more because all of the funds go to um, prostate cancer yeah. research and and helping people. So. Which that's a very near and dear thing to me. So if you're interested in being a dapper gentleman, please do that ride. So hey, uh, coming up faster than we can even believe also is the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, um, the BC Moto Classic, which you guys everybody knows about this now. I'm lucky enough that me and Mark are getting invited as flat broke, um, looking for a good time down there on the Loretta Lynn's Ranch. So I'm very familiar with that how, place. That's what I was just going to say, dude. About how, about, dude. how about this thing? Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Right? Oh, goodness. You pull into the campground. You got the uh, you got the graveyard on the left. You come up over the hill. You're on Stagecoach Hill, and you crest it. And there's mm-hmm. the vast valley down there. Miss Loretta's first tour bus is there, and her recording studio's on site, and the big house. It's yep. It's something. It's then they got the Lynn's uh, little convenience store right across the street. I've spent many a time down the road. I know you ranch. did. I know you did. That's That was the uh, home of the AMA. It still is. National it's still the biggest. If you went there, <coughs> you got a quick ticket to the pro class, and you know certainly everybody knows who you are in the industry if you're able to pull it off. They only ride there one week a year. You don't go there and practice. You, ne- you don't race there in September, October. You go there one week, and if you get it done, you emerge from there. As a bad dude or dudette, whichever one you are. Yeah. Hey, um, Darren McKeg is reminding me that a lot of the country right now is is facing incredible flooding. So we want to send our our thoughts and prayers out to you guys. Anybody that's going through this, you know, please, uh, if there's any special need that arises that we can pass on to our whole community, let us know. But our prayers are with you guys to make it through this. Amen. And how about you, Blondie? You done for the night? You ready to wrap? Yeah, I think so. I think we're good. We covered everybody. If I missed you, I apologize. Um, it was a fantastic show tonight, Rob. Really, thank you and so much. And because of this guy here, no, 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 stop it. You yeah. guys are too kind, and and I'm super humbled and honored to even have a chance to come and hang out with you guys. And uh, he's he listen, he's bullshitting right now. No, I'm he's not. My, he's my brother, so he's being nice. This is the real talent. This man. Listen, every step of the way, like when I started doing Rally TV, I still remember you coming out and taking me, and you said, hey, I'm going to do this with you. It'll be fun. But you were teaching me how to do this shit. Like you took me on the main street of Daytona and said, here, watch this. And you'd grab a guy and like the shit that you would pull, man, like that was, those were all lessons to. Yeah, but I've watched you, dude, (laughs) you guys, the two of you, folks, here's here's the whole thing in a nutshell. I mean, what I'm so happy is that. Every single week, the, the the topic of the day is discussed. History's never forgotten. Where it's going is going to be explained. And, and it, it right now, the motorcycling community can't be in better hands than what you two oh. do down here all the time. So 
I think this is nothing but just an amazing experience. Just to be around you guys, I appreciate it a great deal. And I, you know, like I said, if you guys need help and I can help, I'd be happy to because it's just such a good thing. Oh, you're you're the man, dude. It's an honor for you to have for for you to to sign on to what we're doing. Um, one more time, I want to remind everybody we're coming to you through the courtesy of the Russ Brown Motorcycle Attorneys in the studio. Um, Shop Talk every Thursday night, 9 p.m. They bring it to you. Uh, we appreciate them. We appreciate all of our sponsors. Man, like so many people are signing on for this. The Buffalo Chip came on big. They're they're bringing us out to all their um, followers all the time. We can't thank you guys enough. And especially to our social media family, you guys sharing, doing it, getting this thing out there. It takes it, you know, where it needs to go, man. So thank you for letting us into your headspace. And um, another week, man, another show. And thank you guys for being here with me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Till next week, same chopper time, same chopper channel. <laughs> That's an old Batman joke. He gets it. I know. Say good night, Chris. You shush. Good night, Chris. (laughs) Good night, Rob. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great time. (laughs) Get out and ride. Right, because you know you hold your hand, two hands up, make an L, and you hold one this way and the other way and make a box, and that's the screen. Right. So you look in that, and then you go, okay, this is my scene right here. So I got to just fill this up, and you know, I mean, I mean, I've seen movies now where I see one of the army guys, and he was one of the guys that died uh, two uh, scenes ago, right? And they right. got him in a different soldier uniform now. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hollywood. Uh, I mean, there's some stuff you can learn from them. I mean, I don't want to be Hollywood, but I mean. Uh, there's some tricks, you know, and Dave knows them, man. Dave know, Dave did a one with Charlie Musselwhite where he's on this old porch in Alabama where the movie starts out, and we made him a ghost. And the way they did it, he, he just played against the wall, and then they took him away from the wall, and then they put him back at the wall, and that yeah. makes him a ghost. Yeah. And I'm thinking we had to do all this shit and pay 300 you know, to get a special effects dude. Yeah. But when I seen that, I went, Dave, okay, that's it. Let's do that one again. <laughs> <laughs>
Right on, man. now, Dave. But, hey, so, look, uh, we got two houses we rented. Oh, before I go, I got to give love to the women behind all of this. Your wife, my wife. Okay, I mean, yep. uh, I don't know how to spell and all this. I mean, my wife, if it wasn't for her, I don't know, man. I, I mean, she's the one that takes care of all the bookings, all the stuff, all the paperwork, you know, and gives me advice when we're rolling down the road, you know? Keeps you awake. So, you, Mar- Mar- all of it, man. You know? Mar- Marsh got hey, one of them, too. It, oh, it's yeah. a, well, it, it you, takes team. It takes yeah, teams of people hey, to do no, this man, stuff. I got, when I got in that high-speed car chase when I was with Greg Allman, and I went away for a little bit and I got out, I was seriously thinking about not playing no more. I didn't even have a guitar. And I didn't even, my my girl, she didn't even know I wasn't. You know, when I met her, I was doing the motorcycle and hanging out with some crazy people. And I just got out. And, you know, and one day I put a cassette in and she goes, is that you? And I go, yeah, that's the band I had when I used to play with Greg. I had my own it's motorcycle music. She goes, what's motorcycle music? I go, it's stuff I write about. But, and uh, she goes, well, who's on this album? I go, well, Ainsley Dumbart was on drums and the bass player, original bass player for the Doobie Brothers, David Schur. She goes, you were playing with all those guys? I go, I don't, yeah, I just was lucky, I guess. Yeah. So she got on the thing, man. I didn't even know what an email was or a website back then. I mean, that's when that shit first started kicking off, right? And she made a website and a thing. And next thing you know, I had a band and I was opening up for the Doobie hey, Brothers you know, at the Redwood Run. Yeah, like you said, you when you got out, you didn't know if you wanted to get back into music. But that's the no. things in your history that makes your music even better. In oh, yeah. You know, Dude, those telling, stories, I, you know? Well, let me tell you, and Chris knows it, that guitar has brought me all over the world. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I call her Sweaty Betty. She's a, a telly, yep. a Fender telly, and I love her to death. And she's she's brought me all over the world, man. I mean, that's what, it ain't they, it ain't me. It's They wanted to hear that guitar, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, it pulls and, it out uh, of you. Yeah, and, I, and while I'm there, I get to meet all the motorcycle people and ride motorcycles, and right. you know. But that guitar, I mean, what a guitar is is how it got me doing these movies. I mean, look, man, Deacon Jones passed away right after, right when we were fin- he never even got to see the movie finished, yeah. right? Yeah. And he was Freddie King's keyboard player, and 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 my mentor, you know, and, and he's the one that got me playing with Hook and everybody, with John Lee Hook and everybody. But right. you know, let me tell you, it's so cool to have him on film. At least we got him on film yeah, playing absolutely. the organ. Plant. And uh, now Uncle Benny, uh, he's in the second movie. We got him with Charlie. And man, what a chemistry between Charlie Musselwhite. Oh, that's another thing. Man, definitely bring your bass because I guess Barry might even have Dickie Betts coming or some shit. No well, shit. I guess we're, gonna, I, we're all going to do a jam and eat crawfish and all on our nights, a night off and all that shit. Right on. Well, so, yeah, like, man, sounds like it's going to be a filming Benny, party. <laughs> I think Benny's coming too, man. You get to meet Benny. He's the last of the Freddie King band, man. He's, right. He just turned 80 years old. Nice. You know? Tell me, that he's he was at the poker table when they opened up for Grand Funk, and Freddie kicked the shit out of Mark on the poker table, and he went up and wrote, we're an American band, up all nice. night yeah, with yeah, Freddie yeah. King. Let me tell you, poker's this. I know that whole story, note for note. Right. You know? But, uh, dude, I tell you, uh, I, I, my wife even said it. All this time you guys have been hitting the payment and doing all it, the stars are lined up now. Everything is in the right spots. Uh, hell, man, you know, we, these app things, and now we can put them on the t- – I mean, we just – we got an opening right now to where if we was the football team, we would call it draw play right about now. Yeah, right. But you know what the funny thing is, man, and, and you and I both come from this same place. Like, 
you know, a lot of people have been saying that since some of the other magazines have gone away and stuff. They're like, yeah. wow, you know, this is really your time. No, baby, no, it's been it's, my time yeah. for 22 years. Yeah, it's oh, like, no, I've that's been, why you don't. Dude, I, yeah, uh, you just, didn't hear the way I told. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I said that. I said the other ones are going by the wayside. Yours ain't. Why? Because yours was kicking at Yours was better than theirs when they had the money. You know why? Because in all reality, there there wasn't a corporate end to this. I mean, this was from the heart. It, he lived it in, in, in all reality, and we Charlie all lived too. it every day. You know what I mean? Charlie, too. Charlie's yeah, out there living it, doing yep. that radio if you, show. If, me, if it was oh, about yeah. the money between me and you, we'd already have money. We're <laughs> stupid people, Chris. Chris, we're both intelligent people, man. I mean, I never went to school, but I'm I'm street smarts. Right, you know I mean, right. you, you're, dude, you've got, you've got that stuff down. You've got, you got CNN and stuff. I mean, Fox News over there with all the cool <laughs> stuff you got, you know? And uh, But look, I really want you to do these tours with me. Uh, we're going to bang a bunch of theaters, man, and uh, uh, I I, I want to go see the United States. I want you know where everybody out there. I mean, it ain't nothing to do with motorcycle rallies. I'm just going to go pick, and I'm sure we can do two or three theaters, like you said over there. We can rent a blow up thing oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And well, uh, that's, you know, and, uh, we, we didn't get to that part. But when this movie comes yeah. out, Charlie's yeah. uh, putting the idea together of this tour. That's like a. A rolling six hundred theaters, yeah, six hundred seater movie theaters, yeah. and goes with a whole events where you get the you know meet cast of the movie and well the, in know. the lobby we're gonna have the gallery with all the Ricky Ritter's artwork and Dago's artwork that was in the first movie and all the stuff they did in the second movie right yeah. and we're gonna have the golden bike by the way we didn't talk about that we got a golden bike that Paco and S and S and uh, and Mondo and them put together. And each scene in the movie has a clue, and the soundtrack has a couple of clues. Now check this and out. You, yeah. You'll be able to go on the website. Uh, it's going to be roughboysmovie.com. I'm pretty sure we almost got it done. But you'll be able to go in there, and all the cast will be in there where you can email them because some of them have a clue, too. Okay? And uh, so you go through this whole thing. You figure out all the clues. We got this lead. It's painted in gold. This lead golden bike with a with – a, it's the man in the bike. It's just an old looking, you know, with the goggles on and everything, right? Yeah. We're going to hide that thing. And if you figure out where that is, you win $10,000 cash nice. and the motorcycle. And the bike. Yeah, that's cool. And right? no and one's never done that, dude. I yep. checked everywhere. No one has ever made a movie with a treasure hunt in it right. where you went. Never happened. Okay, yeah, interactive. so that's going to get the millennial kids it, into our... Without the electric little bikes and all that stuff, yep. everybody going to want to play the game. But again, like you said, nobody's ever, like the real from inside, from the, the inside end of this is done what you're doing right now. Yeah. So you're, nobody, pulling, you're pulling people and, in instead of them being dude, stars, you're pulling the people theaters. in that live this. Name, yes. name, name that. Dude, we're doing like the circus. Yep. Uh, we're we're going to go and pick theaters that we know has the great biker community yep. it goes on paypal so the ticket sales come first we're going to get a couple of sponsors and we're going to get in the motorhome yep. take the trailer with the golden bike and, and a couple of the other bikes and and bring the band yep. and chris i want you to play in the band and uh showcase uh, all your stuff cycle yeah, you're, you're doing like a rocky horror picture show we got the tours once we got the tours mapped we own them. Right. Yep. So that yep. means anytime we want to promote somebody or do something, we can go out and do, do, yep. everybody's going to want to see us again. They know who we are now. You're paving so, the road for yourself in all reality. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I got, I, got my, I got my girl, and we're going to go bowling now. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to go beer and bowling. Right on. And I, I got my two-year-old. Well, she ain't two yet, but she's getting there. My little kookadoo. You know? <laughs> 
And they're all, they go, why'd you name her Kooky Doo? I go, I don't know, but she just is a Kooky Doo, and I'm a nickname, and son of a bitch. So, so hey, look, I'll start sending you, uh, oh, well, you know what? You should come and lay one of the songs with us. That way, uh, I'm going to see if I can work that out. When we come back from filming, uh-huh. maybe I can fly you out to the studio, and you can lay a, a song with me for the soundtrack. Right on, man. I'd love okay. to. I'd love yeah. to. Listen, man, thank right. you for coming on tonight. We're gonna we're gonna be doing a ton of stuff with you. We'll definitely be doing live from the races. Well, so, I'm gonna uh, see you guys for the street vibrations, right? You're gonna yeah. come over to yep. and meet everybody. Absolutely. Hey, I love you guys and thank you for the publicity and everything. I really appreciate everything you do, bro. Love you too, Charlie. You take it easy, man. All right. All right. Bye bye. Long show tonight, man, but really good one. I'm I'm super stoked that we got so many people and uh and actually got through all of it and through all the news. Thank you guys for being patient with us while we got this worked out. Um, I think that's about it. It has to be. I have to pee. I know. I have to pee, too. <laughs> A lot of wine going <laughs> all on that right now. Yeah, wow. man. Um, like I said, this is this is coming to you courtesy of the Russ Brown Motorcycle Attorney Studio. We want to thank them and all of the sponsors, everyone who carries the show. If you're watching while we're doing the show, there's logos going up in the corner. Every one of those people is responsible for carrying this feed. Hot Leathers, um, S&S, Motion Pro, the Buffalo Chip, just to name a few. Thank you guys so much. Um, thank- and if you guys can share it, that's what's yeah, going to keep us going. Everybody share it. I'm hungry. Who's hungry? Carlos. Oh, he just cheeseburger. <laughs> Carlos made me a steak? <laughs> hey, it's going to be cold when I get there, Carlos. Right on, man. So listen, um, until next week where we'll be coming to you from live from the Cherokee Rally um, on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Where possibly we're in the rain. Possibly in the rain. But live one way or another. Um, until next week. Same chopper time. Same chopper channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with another episode of Shop Talk. Be nice to each other. Go ride your motorcycle.